podcast is part of the Pod Syndicate family. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com. fucking bang on that was we are vibing we are in sync we are ready to go this is episode 429 of film bastards yeah fucking let's go i hope everyone is well apparently covid has fucked off it's just gone it's not a thing anymore we're all fine fine. no restrictions no just lick everything. I, I, I'm gonna. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Now, 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 it, now. Later, and you're gonna just lick everyone. If in the pub, if in the pub later on, and somebody goes, "Oh, have you met Daniel?" I'm just gonna go straight up to him, and I'm just literally just gonna lick his eyes. So, I'm not allowed to lick anyone in uh, yet living in Wales. No, but, you can't. You're not allowed to. Covid is still rampant in Wales, Ireland, Scotland. And apparently the rest of the world. It's crazy that it's But um, okay, yeah, it, it, it's gone because because of the Tory party. They parted it away. Well, the thing is, they couldn't make her have another baby because she's literally just had it. Yeah. Because <laughs> the last scandal. I, I I I do reckon at one point Johnson has, and, and I, I I genuinely believe this. I reckon at one point he went, "Could we give one of the kids COVID?" Maybe. I reckon he, he maybe thought about getting her pregnant again, but then people would have been like, what kind of fucking gnarled furrow is he, like, ploughing now? <laughs> like, that is literally just birthed a child, and he's, like, fucking in there again? I, I, That's I, grim. Yeah. That would have been grim. Yeah. They, well, let's be honest. The fact that that man has between... Like six and nine children is already a little bit grim. The fact that like so many people choose to fuck that. <laughs> well, I, I, I'll, I'll say this. Like, who's looking at that moppy-haired, fucking fat piece of shit and going, "Yeah, I want that." I mean, power and retinol are, are very, very powerful drugs. Uh, wow, we so much power you can have, like. Do you know what? If I had Boris Johnson and he could be the most charismatic person in the fucking world, if he looked like he looks, there is no way I would tap that. Unless I was getting paid. And I don't do that because I'm not a prostitute. So, if I was a professional prostitute (laughs) and I met that and he was very charismatic, I'd maybe go, "Mm, yeah, yeah, fine. And then tell my story to the sun because that's... The sun, wow. They're the kind of people that say that. Kind you're of going, you're, you're, you're just going low moral now, aren't you? Yeah, that's the only. The prostitution way. I can accept, Rebecca. I'm, that, I'm, I'm <laughs> fine with that. That is your choice as a woman. I'm fine with that. I draw the line at the sun. You would need to be of extremely low moral fibre to ever touch anything that looks like Boris Johnson. I mean, a horny sweeping brush covered in lard. It's disgusting. Um, <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> I mean this. Think? This was my fault. <laughs> um, yeah, the last time we did a normal recording, what fucking state of the bloody 
I can't even remember like what the last revelation was at that point. But anyway, we're in a we're in an interesting Twilight world where we don't know whether Johnson's going to survive or not. Probably by the time we it's record the next show, will yeah, I I I I I'm starting to think he will at least uh, this bit. He's fucking bulletproof. I, I, I'm starting. There's no to... there's no uh, accountability with any of them. It, there is the... no kind of platform for normal people in this country to go actually. You're a piece of shit. Because idiots read the fucking Daily Mail and the Telegraph and the Sun and they fucking bought them back in every time. It's it's honestly, I'm so angry about it right now. Because right, let's let's talk about something else. Sorry. Go on, no, go on. No, just, just just before. Yeah, please. We knew this would happen. We knew this would happen. He is a person of extremely low moral fibre. He fucked that Carrie bitch that he's now married to while he was still married to his cancer-suffering ex-wife. And he lies all the fucking time. He's been fired from every job he's ever had for lying. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> how, how, how did he get voted in? Oh, because he's affable and he's got stupid fucking hair and he seems like he'd be a fun pint. Fuck off. That is not what we need to run the country. <laughs> fuck the fuck off. Tory voters need to take a long, hard fucking look at themselves. They no, they won't. But hey, how films, eh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I started that. And you did, yeah. You you have to take full responsibility for that. I, rant. I, I I I do. I I accept full responsibility. I will be apologising to Her Majesty. Um, and well, she uh, was sat on her own at Prince Philip's funeral, and they were partying. Oh God, I've done it again. Will you stop now? <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. I get it though. I get it. But but you know what? People hopefully listen to this as a way of forgetting about the troubles of the world and then what did we do when covid was really rampant we just talked about fucking covid <laughs> um, <laughs> let's not let's, let's talk about some films i think they, they listen to us to be relatable and like it to reflect true. the concerns they're having as well I'm, I'm, I'm assuming nobody who votes Tory listens to us though or something. <laughs> <laughs> not anymore <laughs> you know. um, right, so. I, I, that went out the window a long time ago <laughs> yes bloody right um, so yeah uh, we, we hope you are all well folks it's been uh, it's been an interesting time but it, I don't know for good better or worse it feels like people at least are going to be allowed to get back to normal we'll see how it goes when a new variant comes along but um until then what have we got coming up on this week's show we've got a film which i genuinely thought was going to be pushed back at one point but it wasn't they stayed the course we've seen it and it's opened well we are going to be reviewing the new screen screen five or screen i think we'll probably call it screen five i don't i don't i i don't know i don't know also, yeah. 2022. What? We could just call it Scream 2022 as a as an audience. I think we just call it Scream. It's not Scream. But it's called Scream. But it's Scream not that. Scream. Anywhere. But it references that in the film. It does. It does. 
Um, we'll also be talking about Apple TV's um, maybe Oscar Bovera, maybe we'll see uh, the tragedy of Macbeth. Uh, I think we will probably have a fair chunk of uh, what we've been watching and trailers and things like that as well. Uh, said at the end of the last show that we were going to put up the first part of um, Scream If You Want to Go Bastard, as uh, Mark so uh, fantastically titled it um, in the recording, um, uh, for non-patrons. Um, I haven't done that, and I'm not going to. <laughs> Patreon.com forward slash film bastards. It was a good chat. It was about an hour and a half of Scream chat, and... The patrons pay money and good on them. So there, there, there we go. That's that's how we roll. So patreon.com forward slash filmbastards, $2 a month. Uh, however, uh, due to my poor time management, like quite frankly, I'm just going to own that. Uh, we're not doing the Insider this week. We will do it next week. Um, I basically, we're recording on Wednesday. I got to Monday night and I just like... After the work day I had, I was just like, I just, I, I can't even, and I wasn't going to be able to watch three hours last night. So that, um, it's one of those things. I think it had had it been like a like like a, a two hour movie, like an hour an hour fifty four, yep. you could go. I, I'm all right with that, but it's it's once you go over that that two hours with before credits mark. Yeah, I mean, it, and it, 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 and, it, 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 and the thing is, it, it, it's a weighty like two and a half, two hours forty minutes is the inside. And the thing is, I, I will probably kick myself. I've only seen the Insider once previously, and you know, you know, I mean, like I watched Heat and I fucking devoured that. I ate that shit up, and I probably will with the Insider as well. And I'd be like, God, fucking hell, why, why was I just not in the mood to watch this? But I, you know, I wasn't. And you know, one thing that I'm going to try to be better at is just getting that shit done quite early in the week before we record. Yeah, yeah. we said this. We, we, yeah. We've, we've done this. Um, we, we actually watched Tragedy of Macbeth today, but that was a planned... We, tra- we, we, we watched it today, mm. didn't we? Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, we've said, you know, there's, there's too many times, even with films we're looking forward to watching, mm. that we, we leave until the later end of the week uh, for no reason other than we go, oh, we've got time for that. Yeah, Scream, Scream 2022, we went and saw on Saturday night, didn't we? Yeah. At like 5.20. Yeah. Uh, just after we'd finished work and it was like, it, it was perfect because it was done then. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, don't feel bad about the insider, and We took the opportunity to go to the pub and then come home and watch loads of episodes of High Fidelity. So it was fine. All right, cool. No, all right, no, fair enough. I'm glad I didn't mess you guys about. That's, that's good to know. Um, okay, so... But yeah, we'll be back with the insider next week. I'm just putting my dressing gown on if anyone can hear any kind of like flappering in the background. Um, flappering? That's not a word. Um, so. Can be. Uh, well, fuck, I think I just made it a word. Um, yeah, you did. Oh, I got the wrong arm on, guys. I got the wrong arm on. Hang on. <laughs> oh my God. Fucking hell. Oh my word. Oh my word. I put on my dressing gown on a work call today and they were just like, oh, look at fucking Hugh Hefner here. How cool is your dressing gown, Ian? I mean, it's a pretty nice dressing gown. My in-laws got it for me for Christmas. Because I asked them for a dressing gown for Christmas. Um, Can uh, I just clarify, how old are you, Ian? 37. Okay, okay. That's fine. 
I think that's I, the right age to ask for a dressing gown for Christmas. I, I think I'm getting towards that. Yeah, because I mean, like, it used to be a bottle of Jack Daniels, but then they wouldn't do that again when I drank an entire bottle on Christmas Day one year. <laughs> yeah, yeah that did that. happen, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so I'm not, I'm not allowed to do that anymore. Um, I mean, I can understand where they're coming from on that. Fucking hell, like, literally, my father in law was watering it down, and I just wasn't <laughs> noticing, but they were just like, he's. He, he's a fucking mess. You've got to do something about it. It was pre-Lottie, just to be very, very clear. Um, the last time, the last time I ever had a whole bottle of Jack on one day. I mean, to be fair, Donna was pregnant, but it was my birthday when she was pregnant. Um, hmm. well done, me. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so movie news. <laughs> Sydney Poitier died. Yes. Massive, oh, yeah. That's really sad, yeah. What a fucking career, and like ninety three, I want to say. Yeah. So he got to a, he got to a ripe old age. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that's the kind of age where it's like it's very very sad he's gone, but I'm sure he had a very full life, so that's great. Um, the gentleman who played Hannibal Lecter in Hannibal Rising died today, yeah, or at least it was announced to today. Uh, Gaspard Uliel, 37? Yeah, 37. Fucking up. 37. Skiing accident, just hit someone else. Hit someone else in a skiing accident, bang, you're dead. What the fuck? It's dangerous skiing. It really fucking is. Like, the the Michael Schumacher thing blows my mind. On on a literally, probably a weekly basis. What that he I think got? About he, Michael Schumacher on a weekly basis. That what the fact that he spent the, all those years doing that sport, mm. and then he just gets you know, taken. He's skiing with his family, and now he's just like, who the fuck knows? I think the fact that they're so secretive about it, which I completely understand, like none of our fucking business, but no one knows what kind of state he's in. This show's started weird. <laughs> it really has. But no, Sorry. no, yeah, quite. And I mean, it's such, I mean, massive show. I mean, apparently he was um, he was playing Midnight Man in Moon Knight. Um, so uh, who I've got no idea who that is, and I don't know whether it was just a one season thing or something. But um, yeah, just like real. Yeah, thirty seven's no fucking age. Um, no. Have you watched the trailer for that, by the way? Because I know we won't talk about it in trailers because it's TV. But have you watched the trailer for Moon Knight? Have I watched the trailer for what? For Moon Knight. Moon Knight. I'm seeing things. <laughs> I, th- I think he pulls it off. I think he pulls the accent Does off. Does he? I don't, I'm not too sure. I mean, we'll, we'll see, won't we? We'll see. Oh. I'm having visions. I think we need to see it in a larger context. Mark's looking at me really confused because he's not watched the trailer. There's an accent involved, Mark. I've heard. Mm-hmm. I've heard there's an accent involved. It's a whole thing. I just I, I I went to watch the trailer and then I just went. I could spend these two minutes doing something else. I've got to watch the show. <laughs> I, d- d- this, so I mean, yeah, I have seen the trailer and I'm interested in it. The thing is, I was interested in Hawkeye. I watched two episodes of it. 
like ever so, like just lost the track of it in December. Now it's the new year. You're on to the next fucking thing, and it's just like I, you know, never mind. What what came out of Hawkeye? Oh, spoiler alert! Vincent D'Onofrio is back in the MCU. Cool. Anything else happen? Ah. All right, cool. So I just know that he's back. Fine. That's yeah. It's one of those things where it's like, like oh, Vincent D'Onofrio's back in the MCU. I didn't watch the Punisher. He was dead, but yeah, um, dead. him too. <laughs> and, and, I mean, that, that's I mean, like to be. And th- the thing is, I kind of see it from both sides though, because it's like Vincent D'Onofrio in the first season of Daredevil is fucking. He's so good. He's so good. But at the same time, if you were telling me now, Vincent D'Onofrio is so good in Daredevil, you should watch it. I'd just be like, no. So I mean, and, and, like, so this is the thing with Moon Knight. I mean, Ethan Hawke as a charismatic cult leader. And Oscar Isaac as a Marvel superhero. God, if you gave me that in a two, two and a half hour long film, yeah, I exactly. would suck your fucking dick. Just I would, like I would, Jason I would, Reitman. It, 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 would, it would be in my like top five most anticipated movies of the year. But it's a TV show. So but, I didn't even watch the trailer. Yeah. <laughs> but it's going to be six one hour TV episodes. And I'm just, probably, and I'm just like, you know, it's like the book of Boba Fett. You know, I just like, there's content there's so much fucking content there's and there's too much there is too much of everything and it's you know i mean sorry i'm gonna rant a little bit here this news that came out yesterday about microsoft buying activision blizzard all that's gonna like that's gonna be on game pass fucking everything here's every single fucking activision thing like you know like all you can eat nom 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 you're just gonna get fucking full so quickly like and that's that's what it is with netflix and then it's like what do you prioritize what do they prioritize what just gets fucking shunted into a corner because there's 50 other bloody things that you need to watch like god movies man two two and a like god i'm just fucking hardcore back into fuck tv fuck content movies Two, two and a half hours, you've had a full experience, hopefully, and you're done. Or if you haven't had a full experience, you might have to watch Dune Part 2 in a couple of years. But it's only another two and a half hours, and it's going to be in two fucking years' time. Movies! TV can suck my dick like Jason Reitman. Yep. Moon Knight, looking forward to it. (laughs) I I, I absolutely agree with that. The thing is, I hope people are really enjoying The Book of Boba Fett. I hope people really enjoy Moon Knight. Bob's Fettuccini. Uh, or Bob's Fettuccini, as Becky's phone keeps on changing it to. Solid. So, I don't know whether I've mentioned this before. Did I? I don't know. You once um, had Fettuccini with uh, the guy who played Boba Fett. No, no. I, I, I was going to like message Mark or put it into a list of TV that I wanted to watch. Um, and it changed it to the book of Bob's Fettuccini. And now that's just what we call it. That's strong. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's weird that it didn't know Boba Fett. I'm not like a big Star Wars typey person, I guess. So I don't maybe don't type the names that much. No, I know, but you'd think that it would know Boba Fett. Mm. Like if you typed in Darth Vader, it's not going to talk like put it into like dark vacuum. I mean, it maybe would. Should we Go try on, try it. Darth. Dark. Oh, not Darth. Darth, not Dark Vacuum, Darth Vader. 
Okay, so I've got Darth Vader. Like Rip, dearth of but Vader. It's got Vader, but not Darth. I, 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 it's got I, Vader I, and it capitalised. It capitalised Vader, yeah. yeah. What? <laughs> that, but Bob's Fettuccine. That's, that's, I mean, that it's, it's amusing. It, it doesn't capitalise Dirty Vacuum. <laughs> Dark Vacuum, try, not try, Dirty Vacuum. Try, try typing Bob's <laughs> Fett and see what it comes up with. Okay, B-O-B-A, like Boba. Fet. Yeah. Why has he not done it to you? Well, it doesn't automatically change it, but it does change the fettuccine. It automatically changes it to Bob's fettuccine. Well, you obviously type fettuccine quite a lot then. <laughs> well, I do type fettuccine quite a lot. We have a lot of fettuccine. <laughs> we do. We do. So, got, anyway. some, got some other movie news that's just dropped on Deadline, which is interesting. Ooh. Bong Joon-ho is looking at his next film. He's been taking some time after Parasite. And it looks like it's going to be a film uh, with Warner Brothers starring Robert Pattinson. Uh, based on an upcoming novel by Edward Ashton called Mickey Seven. Um, and it doesn't say what it is about... Which is really helpful. Uh, towards the end of 2021, Bong Joon-ho was presented the manuscript for the unpublished book by the author, and it immediately drew his interest. The Oscar winner became loosely attached to the project late last year, and prior to the Hollywood break, met with some of the town's most promising stars. As every A-lister in their 30s was chasing the role, it wasn't long before Bong and execs were impressed with Pattinson following his meeting and felt it was perfect for the role, with an offer going out right before the new year. Um, so... He's done two, I believe, hasn't he? Uh, English language films. What, so Snowpiercer? Snowpiercer and, and Okja. Oh, Okja, of course. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, he, he seems perfectly happy directing in the English language. He's going to have some serious fucking parasite heat. Mm. Um, And, yeah, I don't know. I just... The hopefully kind of mid-budget level... Auteur film at studio is not completely dead. I oh, know it, it never it never will be. It's one of those things that that will just keep on. It'll keep on getting made because every so often you'll get one that'll be a will be a smashing hit. And it's it's it, it's interesting that that's Warner Brothers as well. And you know after the 2021 they had, where obviously all their stuff was going to HBO Max and they didn't really talk to the talent about it all. And then. Um, that AT&T decided to actually go, do you know what, Warner Brothers, yeah, we're not that interested, off you fuck. Um, and now Warner Brothers are kind of like trying to start building the bridges again. If if you're going to build a bridge, I think a film directed by a recent foreign language, like a non-American Oscar-winning director starring a man who's able to straddle both indies and blockbusters, pretty fucking good way to go about it. Yeah, I, 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 it was always going to be. You always felt like it was going to be an English language film was going to be his next one because Parasite had broken so well in English in, in, in English speaking markets. Yeah, absolutely. Um, also, uh, Universal, Blumhouse, and James Wan's Atomic Monster Company um, are going to be releasing a new AI thriller called Megan. But the E's are free. Of course. Sure. Um, 
Okay, so directed by Gerald Johnston, who directed Housebound. Oh, yeah. Quite liked that. Script by Malignant's Akila Cooper, and based on a story by James Wan. Here we fucking go. It follows um, Alison Williams' starring. She plays Gemma, a brilliant roboticist at a toy company who uses artificial intelligence to develop Megan, a lifelike doll programmed to be a kid's greatest companion and a parent's greatest ally. After unexpectedly gaining custody of her orphaned niece, Gemma enlists the help of the Megan prototype, a decision that has unimaginable consequences. Go on, then. Yeah, go on, then. That sounds all right to me. Uh, I'm down. Coming out uh, Friday, January the 13th, uh, next year. Uh, which will be uh, debuting the same day as, I forgot this was a thing, J.C. Chandor's Craven the Hunter film. Oh, God, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, go on then. Um, fucking malignant folks getting up, uh, all up in that. Why not? Let's hope it's a malignant too and somehow Megan is fucking, what's his name? Uh, what's he called? Gabriel. Gabriel. Yes. I had Gerald in my head, but it was because yeah. it was the director. Yeah, Gabriel. Yeah. Good. Good stuff. Um, oh, secret malignant sequel, please. When? <laughs> um, okay, let's move on then. That sounds ace. Trailers. So, Mark, new yes. trailer for Jackass Forever played, which I know was a bit of a, a balm for yourself. Yeah, it, it really was. I... I got on the Jackass train really early on, um, like for like the series. I remember watching the first series, and kind of like it was, it was just my speed at the time. And then you've sort of spent really kind of like getting on like twenty years now with these guys. Oh, yeah, get on for twenty years now with these guys, but they've not done anything really for like the past seven or eight years. Um. And then the trailer for Jackass Forever came on on the big screen before we saw a screen. And honestly, the whole thing just felt like a bit of a like a warm hug, like a hangout with friends. Almost like a like like a do you know what? Everything might be okay. <laughs> and it, it, which is weird. But it did. They're really old, so like one of them might die. No, but it, it, it it's well one of them has died. Um but it was just like I can't wait to spend like a hundred minutes with those idiots again, just still doing stupid fucking shit. And and the great thing is, probably the most annoying of them all is not in it. Yeah, yeah, that is that is that is the good thing. It it, it just it it looks like it's just going to be really quite a an oddly sweet movie. <laughs> I I am so this comes out two weeks Friday. I am getting the fuck out of Dodge work wise, going into Cardiff, grabbing beers, and I'm just gonna laugh by myself while I get pissed watching Jackass Forever. Yeah, like, honestly, I can't wait. Genuinely, in Jackass Three, I believe it is. I'm fairly certain it is three. In Jackass Three. The giant high five hand hitting Bad Bag Hair when he isn't expecting it. Why don't you? Is 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 genuinely? I I think 
it is possibly one of the funniest things that has ever happened. <laughs> ever. Why don't you also book that day off from work as holiday, get the train to Cardiff, <laughs> meet Ian from work and go see it, I, I come I, back because then I don't have to fucking watch it. I, I, think, I think you need to would watch it. One hundred mark. I would one hundred percent book a half day off work <laughs> if you wanted to. If you wanted to come to Cardiff, watch Jackass and just get pissed. <laughs> I will do that. I will look into it and see what I can do. Fucking, I like no. You, I, you need to look into it and. Paul, Paul, I won't say your surname, but Paul, if you're listening, if you want to join us, let me know. Or if Mark doesn't come, if you want to join me and have another John Wick chapter free experience, <laughs> then um, yeah, please, please do. And, oh, and listeners, even if that does happen, I will still make Beth come and watch it with me please again. Don't. No, no, the, the only reason that I'm fucking like advocating for it is so that I don't have to watch you it. You have to watch it. I don't want to. That is that. I've never liked care. Jackass. I've not liked any of the movies. Why would you make me watch this? I made you watch the rest of them. It feels like a rite of passage. <laughs> but it's no. There's something else coming out that weekend that I I like. I need to look this up because it feels very... That's going to be an odd show. Um, oh, what the fuck is it? It is something else, isn't it? Because this, this the, week it's... Yeah. It's Belfast and Nightmare, Nightmare Alley. Alley. Um, the Eyes of Tammy Faye. Oh, God. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. No. It's in the exact same mode. It's Moonfall. <gasps> I'm really excited for Moonfall. Yeah. Yeah. Like, serious... God, that is a crazy fucking... <laughs> it... Yeah, Moonfall, Jackass Forever, The Eyes of Tammy Faye, and one that I'm looking forward to, The Souvenir Part 2, all in the same weekend. Oh, my word. What a fucking weird weekend. Yeah. It's a heavy weekend after the first weekend in Feb. <laughs> Oh my god. The weekend after. Jesus Christ. The weekend after is Uncharted, um, Death on the Nile, and Marry Me. The J-Lo um, Owen Wilson one that looks like the greatest romantic comedy ever made. <laughs> J-Lo and Owen Wilson in a romantic comedy released in 2022. <laughs> It's me find that in a box mark two thousand and seven. They must have done, yeah. <laughs> like seriously, and then and, but then the eighteenth of February, there's fuck all out. Spread it out, share the love. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, the twenty fifth of February, it's just Serrano, and then the weekend after that's the bloody Batman. Anyway, sorry, I'm going to stop talking about listings, but just jackass forever and Moonfall. The prop. Ah, oh, fuck. You see, the problem is, I want to see Moonfall in IMAX, but I have to drive to the IMAX. But I want to see Moonfall pissed as well. I honestly, <laughs> I could do Jackass Part Two and Moonfall and just get fucking wrecked in the cinema. <laughs> <laughs> no, Mark. Uh... Seriously, we need to have a conversation. I will look into it tomorrow with work. The only way it's allowed is if I don't have to see Jackass. 
Ta asi dělá mě jako tě. Just think of it though. We could go watch Jackass. No. We'll go watch Moonfall. We'll take some beers in. We'll go drinking. And then we'll go watch Jackass. <laughs> Jackass piss would be a would be a beautiful thing. Come on. Come on. That's that's good times. <laughs> Let me see what I can do with work. Alright, yeah, yeah. Alright. This is this is something. This is something. Patrons, your money can go towards Mark's train ticket. I might come with you for Moonfall and then just drink gin with Donna. Fucking... Oh, don't. That sounds amazing. Lottie can stay with uh, the the mother and father-in-law. Me and Donna can go for a drink while you idiots watch Jackass and then we can meet up with you. I don't think you'll want to meet up with us after we've been drinking all day and watching (laughs) Jackass. That's a good point. <laughs> oh god! Just what a treat. Anyway, right. We'll, 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 we'll as as, as me and elsewhere. Ian are literally in the, the garden, going, "We built a fucking ramp." Yeah, I could see that. To be fair, and uh, oh, oh god, Kiki like would want to get involved, and then we'll try doing some fucking stunts with Kiki, and everything will go wrong. I feel like Kiki would probably die. I don't think you want to do that. I feel like, uh, to be fair, Donna would probably be like, "Yeah, try it." <laughs> Oh, <laughs> she's not a fan of that dog. I mean, she, she no. kind of is. On occasion, she's a fan of that dog. On occasion, she's really not. <laughs> I mean, I feel like that's kind of how living with dogs is. Oh uh, yeah, I know. But Kiki can be a fucking arsehole. Anyway, uh, right. Anyway, focus, focus, focus. Um, so Jackass Forever. Aside from that, whatever. Like, I'm, I'm trying to think now because it's been a while since we've done a main record. So I've kind of. Ever so slightly lost track. Um, There's quite a lot of trailers, actually. There's a few, yeah. Yeah. Um, so we've got to talk about the ones that are the films that we've actually watched. Yeah. So we've got Gasoline Alley, the latest offering from uh, the the sim known as uh, Bruce Willis. I think this looks quite good. It doesn't, Becky. It does. It doesn't. It's intriguing. It really does. Is that the Devon talking though? Yeah, yeah. It. Yeah. It it doesn't, Becky. It doesn't. I'd watch it. I know we're going to end up watching it, but it's going to be shit. All right, last looks. Last looks. Yeah. That What's looks, that? It's the Mel Gibson, Charlie Hunnam. Mel one. Gibson, Charlie Hunnam, and what's her name from Deadpool? Oh, Marina Backroom. Yeah. Mm. Hot chick, hot guy, Mel Gibson. I mean, the, Mel Gibson's the only downside on that one. Yeah. Because you've still got to watch Mel Gibson films feeling guilty. Isn't it? He's playing a... He's playing an, a, an egotistical movie star who somebody's trying to kill and so, Charlie yeah. Hunnam's trying to find out who's trying to kill him. Yeah, I think so. Um, And he's got... He's, he's getting some real serious fucking KFC Colonel vibes. Every every role he does is more. He's got more mustache, more beard. Like if he if he turns up in his next film just sipping a mint julep, I would not be surprised at all. No, but literally that that would edge him closer to literally buying a plantation. Yeah, I I, I, I don't think he's miles off. No, he's a problematic man. Yes, but he's a decent actor and he makes good films. 
let's move swiftly on. Yeah. Uh, to Against the Ice. I'll watch the fuck out of this. Yeah, I'll watch it. Yeah. What's that? Against the... I mean, it's a good title. It's a Netflix film from the guy who did Everest. Ooh. as fuck. Yeah. Uh, Some guys that follow some guys um, that went out on a... Guys, guys, uh, breaking news, breaking news, breaking news. Sorry. Is Boris Johnson dead? No. Jason Mantzoukas is voicing Tommy Lee's penis in Pam and Tommy. Is that genuine? Apparently. Wow. <laughs> anyway, because I don't know whether it's actually that's actual real news or not. So that's fucking that to... is fucking huge news. Jason Mount Zookas is going to voice Tommy Lee's dick. That show's going to be a bit bonkers, isn't it? All right, it's TV, but I'm kind of here TV, for it, if I'm honest. Um, I, I might watch that. Fuck's sake. What? You're not allowed. I am. No, you're not. I am. Against the Ice. Against the Ice, yes. So some kind of explorer guys follow some a previous expedition to kind of try and find out what happened to them. Yeah. But it looks very bleak, It looks bleak, it? yeah. But it's got Nikolai Costa-Waldau in it, yeah. off of Game of Thrones, who's pretty cute. So, there's that. Um, I, don't and it, I don't think it's going to be cute with all of his fucking frostbite in this one. I mean, yeah. What? Hatching. You can fucking do this one, because I think it looks terrible. I got bored 30 seconds of the trailer. Looks really weird. Basically, a family have a bird fly into their house that the mother kills and then the daughter finds a nest with an egg in it that she assumes is from the bird so she kind of takes it into the house to keep it warm and let it hatch and it grows and grows and grows oh god and then something hatches out of it that looks like some fucking weird freak monster thing but then it would appear from the trailer like it copies her yeah and becomes like a clown kind of situation it's fine foreign language horror movie i'll fucking watch the shit out of it yeah i'm not gonna watch that yeah that's a i don't i i I heard the premise of that and i like and i was just like yeah i don't need that in my life i'm not gonna watch that trailer like that just doesn't (laughs) that doesn't feel like a me thing at all that it it, 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 it isn't it looks interesting I'm sure it looks interesting, but it's cool. just like that's not a thing that Ian needs. No, it's not a thing that Mark needs either. I look forward to listening to what you and George think of it. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, we could get Jordan on. <laughs> we should get Jordan on more. Um, Studio 666. Fucking shite looks shit. Fuck it, yeah, Fuck right. <laughs> what, what, what is this? Like, why does Dave, Dave Grohl feel like he needs to be in all forms of media all the time? It's. It's, it is a little bit like they've had an idea and Dave Grohl's got enough money and enough cashier and enough, like, essentially weight to just though? get it made. Why, why not? Because I think he wanted fuck, to. The Foo Fighters are shit. I was about to call them the Foo Fuckers then. Um, they're, 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 not, they're not like... They're not like translating to the younger generation, are they? It doesn't like, matter. They're translating to a horror generation of people our age and a little bit older. Nah. 
it can fuck off that one. I'm not watching that. Look, I mean, I, 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 I am a mixed bag with Foo Fighters. It feels like every fifth album they they release, I'm into. Um, but it just they look like they they just look like they're uncomfortable with the fucking dialogue in the trailer. And it, just the idea of that thing being any longer than like an hour and twenty minutes just fills me with dread. I'll watch it. That's the I I I, I will. I watch it. Oh yeah, I watch the shit out of it. But yeah, I don't, if it, it just feels like I I don't, do you know what though? If the creative impulse during COVID times and whatnot is either to make a movie. Or get a bunch of your celebrity friends together to do a fucking recording of Imagine. Make a movie. Yeah. There's going to be more worthwhile to that than Gal Gadot's Imagine video. Like, she should never be allowed to forget that video. No. No, she really shouldn't. And everyone that's in it should be a tiny bit ashamed. There should be a public apology. Quite. Quite. Um, in, speaking of Gal Gadot as well, um, and I mean, I suppose we're past the movie news section, but this Joss Whedon stuff that came out. Well, I said came out. He did like the most ill-advised interview yeah. that, uh, of, of of the last like since Prince Andrew, maybe. Yeah, since since the Prince Andrew one, it is the it is the most no. I think I need to get my what? No, you don't. You need to shut the fuck up. It, for another few years it, it, it's like, I don't know I mean like to be fair I thought that that piece itself just felt 90% of it just felt like going over old ground and it I, I don't know it was a bit like okay yeah we know we know we know but every single fucking thing that Joss Whedon's the whole thing about like Gal Gadot misunderstood him because English isn't her first language. <laughs> yeah. Like, what the fuck? And I, I mean, Mao Anshin said, I understood perfectly. Yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, my, my God. And I mean, it was, his defence seemed to be, well, I was a nerdy guy who never got laid a lot, so when I became a successful nerdy guy and women wanted to sleep like with me, to. I just... Fucking couldn't, yeah, couldn't help yeah, myself. Like, wow. Jesus Christ. It was the ending of it for me where it was like, Joss Whedon called me a few months after the interviews were conducted and said that he decided that he'd forgiven himself because he didn't think he'd done anything wrong. And it's like, right, cunt, you fucking did. <laughs> so, like, Just because wow, you've decided. Like, like, that's you. the problem, yeah. Joss. <laughs> What's I, what's very strange in a in a weird little thing of the uh, the Betty White incident mm. is we were talking about this in the pub literally the day before the uh, article came <laughs> out. We were. we were talking about Josh Whedon and you were defending him. No, I wasn't defending you him. You were defending him. No, I wasn't. I was saying that You were saying he's an alright dude. I fucking wasn't. <laughs> I was saying that his works are not just solely the product of himself, so you can't just go back and go, right, I can't watch Buffy ever again anymore. I said that, that's not what I said. But I wasn't, I wasn't defending him. He's a fucking, I mean, dollhouse. We should have fucking known, shouldn't we? I told I you whilst dollhouse was on that he was a creep. <laughs> it is fucking creepy, is that? 
Anyway, I don't know. It's mind blowing. I really hope Ray Fisher gets some, like, another chance at a big role. Because, I mean, fair play to the guy. Like, he's he's really being adamant about this stuff and unfortunately it feels like like how outspoken he is is the kind of thing that could hurt his career and mm. i I'm, I'm sad about that and i i think Zack snyder's justice league showed what he was actually trying to do in that role and it worked and i yeah i hope he gets another chance but i just just whedon it's just like is it just that the successful creative ego is just like I can't just live a quiet life with the royalties that I've got which basically mean that I'll have a comfortable life for the rest of my life like I have to go out there and I know he said about like like not like not wanting to tarnish his legacy and things like that but it's just how how does someone not just sit down with him and just go look Joss it's over you know like don't make it any don't make it any worse it's the ego yeah I just it. And we, I, I suppose coming out of that interview it just it it shows that doesn't it but mm. I don't know it's it, it, it's a shame but like like Beck said I mean it, it shouldn't mean that people stop watching Buffy I, I just I feel it's this whole thing like just people putting so much stock in people you know, and it's like all these people who grew up on Buffy and like kind of like had creative aspirations because of their fandom of Buffy and whatnot, you know, and all, all, all these people who were so, so, so into it. And then they just like they, they feel like that they, they what they love when they're all uh, younger is just completely tarnished, you know, and it. I, I just feel I, I feel sorry for those people and I hope they are able to disconnect in a way the art from the artist there because it's there were all over again isn't it isn't it though isn't it though mm. this it mm. just like don't put all your I, I, god it sounds obvious probably to everybody listening to this but don't put your fucking faith in and in, in anyone that you don't personally know mm. just don't yeah. don't do it like it, it feels like it, shit is going to come out about all sorts of people who we grew up on in the fucking decades hence. You know, uh, it, it's, yeah, I don't know. It's it, very, very fucking sad. And, yeah, I I, I don't know. Just, it, it felt like the Buffy fandom were particularly Joss Whedon is my god. And, you know, that, that time where... He did the fucking black and white much do about nothing, and everyone was fucking fawning all over oh, him. And you know, it's, God, don't get me started on that. You know, and it, like to be <laughs> fair, all this stuff is egged on by like media publications and whatnot, building all these legends. You know, it, it's like all the magazines, like movie magazines, I used to read were like all over Joss Whedon in in my youth, and now their staff are perfectly happy to drop him in the bin, but. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. It, it's, it's interesting. There, there are people. I'll, I'll be done in a minute. There are people working for Empire now who were working for Empire when they were more than happy to have Joss Whedon come on their fucking spoiler special podcast and talk about Avengers and talk about Much Ado About Nothing and all that kind of stuff. And I, 
I don't know. I'd, I'd like to know what kind of like reckoning they've had with themselves over the platform that they gave him. Um, and the how is, they helped build his legend. The thing is, with, with stuff like this, without knowing the person, without knowing the, the without, you know, having worked with them and like that, it, 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 it is difficult to to ascertain, you know, that they're that kind of dickhead. But this, this is the thing, it's like Aaron Sorkin. People are now turning on Aaron Sorkin because he do, he like he doesn't... Okay. Sorry, what is it? Randomly just started playing some off YouTube. Nice. No, but I mean, people are t- turning on Aaron Sorkin, like, um, you know, and, and calling being the Ricardo's la- lazy and whatnot. It is because he's coming out with things that, do you know what? An older man will probably say about politics in the state of the world. And, and and now, like you know, people are, are, are doing that. Like, 20 years' time, I'll tell you what, I bet Lin-Manuel Miranda comes out with some stuff that people, like, in their 20s and 30s at that point don't like. And then they're going to try and get his legacy in the bin as well. I mean, they tried to do that. In the Heights, people were fucking criticising the casting in that. Even though... I mean, what, what, what I'll say there is... If, if you go to uh, Puerto Rico and mention Lin-Manuel Miranda, they might tell you to go fuck off. <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. know. I mean, that, and I, I, I don't know. It just... It's, it's fascinating, isn't it? It's just like the pedestals that we put uh, the, 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 that we put people on. and That's it. I mean, people need to identify with the show, not the showrunner. Yeah. Not, not the artist. Don't invest so much of your fucking identity in, in people that have a bit part in something you love but they aren't the whole like there's so many writers on Buffy there's so many different directors on episode, episodes of Buffy the, and, and different actors and actresses like it's it's a it's a sum of its parts it's not all just Joss Whedon no it's not it's not and yeah. I think a lot of people feel like I as an example I, I had just started a rewatch of Buffy before all these interviews came out and stuff and I was tentative about doing it to be honest because I was like this guy's a fucking creep but this show is such a huge part of my formative years there's signs there there's fucking signs even in Buffy like Xander is a fucking nice guy creep yeah, yeah. you know it, it's really there is. Dollhouse the signs are fucking there Angel the signs are fucking there it's it's it, there is some kind of toxic shit in there, but it, it wasn't as noticeable to, what, 15, 16-year-old me as it is to nearly 40-year-old me. I, I always think that there's a, there's a... Right. There's a bit of a... Right. So, I'm going to go slightly off bat here, but it, it makes sense. Is it going to be Friends? It's not be Friends, no. Okay. It, it, it's not about film, but it's about the point that I'm going to make. Mm. So, there are unequivocally some things that were wrong mm. in, in historical filmmaking, TV, whatever, music, whatever, that were wrong. Just outright should never have... What it was, was, was never okay to do. Right? Like, come on, Eileen. I mean, yeah, I mean come on, Eileen, yeah, is, is a good yeah. example of that. Yeah. Uh, it'd be amazing if you actually explained what that song is about to people that are singing it in working men's clubs. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there's, there's all these sorts of things. I was listening to a, 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 
a, a podcast where they were talking to the previous Liverpool chairman, uh, chief executive, Rick Parrott. And they were saying, do you regret um, selling the club to Hicks and Gillette? And he was like, do I regret it now? Yes. He said, do I regret it at the time? No. Because at the time, with all the information we had available and everything yeah. like that, it was the right thing to do. He said, so do I regret it? Yes. Do I feel bad about doing it? No. Because at the time, it was the right thing to do mm. based on all the information. We couldn't, we, based on that that we had, background check, everything, we couldn't have foreseen what was going to happen. And it actually, that made sense. The, 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 the argument of him saying of, of that was very much like, yes. It makes sense. It yeah. makes sense. And there's a little bit of, um, of going back and looking at films and TV and music and things like that and looking back at them and going, well, that's wrong because of this, this and this. And it's like, right, but you're looking at it. Those things that you're saying just might, you know, yeah, you look back at certain things and go, yeah, actually, that was a little bit, what is it? For instance, the most of trading places. Mm. Um, but there's other films where you're looking back at them going, no, but you're looking back on them now with sensibilities that are nearly 40 years to 50 years That's it. Different. It's like, was it okay then? No, because it's not okay. But was it accepted then? Yeah, yeah. there's a difference thing. Yeah. And plus, you, you, you can't embody yourself into that person there. Mm. Because it, it, you've got social climates are different. Everything's a very different thing. People need to stop... Stop going back and looking over old media mm. um, and saying, ooh, I'm not sure I can watch this now because it seems like this. Like, well, just fuck off. Well, that's it. I watch Buffy and I go, Xander's a fucking toxic, I'm a nice guy guy. But at the time, everyone but, just thought he was just a great, nice guy. No, but, no, with the Anya thing. No, he was a fucking cunt. Um, but... It's, it wasn't even really a recognised thing, the the toxic nice guy at yeah. the time. It wasn't a it wasn't a phenomenon. The guys that pretended to be nice guys, but really they were kind of assholes. Assholes, yeah. If you're a nice guy, you were you're probably just a nice guy. And like, it, it, I don't know. Joss Whedon can fucking burn in hell, but Buffy, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna continue my rewatch. Good. I won't watch anything else that he makes going forward, but. And the only Justice League I'll watch going forward is the 300-hour Schneider Cup. It's the only one you need, mind. Yep. I'm so looking forward to rewatching that. I just need to set aside some time. It's the Mm. same thing as... That's the same. Will I I buy or listen to a new Morrissey album? God, no. no. Do I feel guilty about listening to The Smiths? No. Do I skip every song that comes up from The Stone Roses? Absolutely fucking yes. It just is what it is, isn't it? I think you've got to make peace with it in your own way. Like, the, the old works of people that have turned out to be problematic, you've just got to make peace with it. It happened before they were problematic. That Yeah, there's maybe signs that you should have recognised, but naivety and whatever. There's a, there's a, there's a brief mention, we've, we've rewatched High Fidelity of the series this week. Yeah. We? We'll get back to trailers after this point. Mm. Uh, and there's a thing, there's a, there's a scene within one of the episodes... Um, where somebody's asking for a copy of Off the Wall, mm. the Michael Jackson album, mm. and there is a an argument between the staff as to whether they should as to whether or not it should be sold. 
They have it in stock. They have it in stock. But should they sell but it? But should they sell it? Mm. Um, and one of the characters uh, makes the point of saying, look, if we went, literally, if we went through everybody that had a problematic element to them within music, we'd have like nine records to sell. Yeah. I don't fancy just listening to Ed Sheeran for the rest of my life. He would have fucking, I don't know, shoved a hamster up his ass at some point. It'll come out, you know. It'll yeah. come out, yeah. yeah. He's, he's too fucking weird and creepy and ginger to, to, to not have some kind of issues. Anyway, so Kimmy, the latest offering from the permanently retired Steven Soderbergh. <laughs> I looked interesting there. I'm up, I'm I'm up for it. Yeah. Because no sudden move was cracking. Um it does slightly depress me that Soderbergh is just more than happy to go. Yeah, I'll do this thing and it will go on HBO Max. Yeah, fine. No, I, I, I'll go on for that. I think it's mildly depressing that Soderbergh has gone. I'll make this movie. Oh, HBO Max when I buy it. Yeah, go on then. I think he's got some sort of deal with HBO Max, though. That's the thing. Like, I, and, and to be fair, to be fair, I think it probably gives him a great amount of creative control because I bet it's just like, right, give me fucking ten million dollars in six months' time, I'll give you a film. It, his his career is is a super odd one. He's a super odd guy in the way that his career has gone and the way that he has handled it. I just, I yeah. I don't know. I mean, I. It would be nice if. Oh God, it's a really big topic, and the democratization of like watching films and stuff. You know, in the end, like we are in the greatest time of any time for the ability to be able to watch almost anything you want when you want and all that. But God, it would be nice if Soderbergh was just like, yeah, do you know what? No, I insist. No sudden move. Get some sort of theatrical release. I insist Kimmy get some sort of theatrical release. Like, why not? But I definitely think he's he's one of those. And you know, obviously, it's it's okay for filmmakers to have different opinions. So, whereas you have somebody like I know somebody like Nolan, for instance, who is no, I want my films to be watched in the cinema. I think somebody like Soderbergh is just I I just want my films to be watched. Yeah, I, 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 I don't even think Soderbergh goes as far as I want my films to be watched. I think Soderbergh is, I want my films to be made. There we go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. You've got you to dance with the one you're with yeah. when it comes to this kind of stuff, don't you? So It, it, it does look interesting. Um, I'll, I'll say that. But if it's more than like... If it's more than like 95 minutes, I'll be a little bit like, ooh, can you stretch that premise out? <laughs> Was yeah, I will say I I I think whoa COVID... apparently it is two and a half hours long. Fuck off. I've really? I've looked at it. It says. Uh, let me double check. That can't be right. Then it, it says on what is it on IMDb that it's two and a half. It's two hours twenty nine minutes long. Oh, that's awfully specific. If it was two hours thirty, I'd be more like that. Maybe that's a placeholder, but yeah. I, it's, I think the era of COVID shot films. Oh, it's, it, yeah, and, uh, and Wikipedia has the same. Fucking two and a half hours, wow. Okay, all right. Um, 
it's the, the the era of the obviously covid shot films where this it looks like the the office building there's fuck all people around it just generally looks like what is it the scenes sorry in one of the scenes she's got a mask yeah yeah you know i i, I it'll be interesting to see i i don't know like what films come out of this as like cultural artifacts of that this was covid times because you had songbird um from god that was last year now wow we um you got Kimmy, like Dashcam. I'm kind of interested in because that's all during the pandemic. And um, God, when's distribution for that being announced? Like, I fucking want it. Um, but yeah, yeah, it, it, it's good. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to this from that aspect. It's just like like a cultural artifact, like locked down as well. You know, because they've all got this like very odd, almost kind of like just weird energy air in the earth's one as well thinking about it just odd energy air to them where it's just scrap scrappy and um discombobulating and that's what kimmy looks like to me i'm i mean yeah i mean i'm interested yeah i'm i'm the same i'm less interested now it's two and a half hours fucking long yeah same but you know it i'm sure we'll Uh, watch it yeah, we'll still watch it. Um, Ty West is back. Fucking hell, there has been a lot of trailers. Yeah, he is. With X. Yeah. We'll, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. I um, Again, I just, I, I, I feel like as I get older, I'm less feeling the need to watch stuff like this but I hope it's got some uh, imaginative moments to it it just looks like it's going to be down and dirty and nasty and I'm sure that will appeal to many it does it looks like it looks like it looks like a Ty West movie that he would have made 10 years ago Yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. I mean, he came bursting out of the blocks with House of the Devil, didn't he? I mean, that yeah. is... I mean, God, it's well over a decade old now, um, is House of the Devil. And it just, it feels like... It feels like it's probably one of the most like assured and just individual horror debuts for a good long time. Like, that film... It was actually his second, wasn't it? Was Cabin Fever 2 his first fucking film? I'm fairly sure it was, yeah. I mean, he took his name off of it, so I'm still going to say House of the Devil, but fuck. No, House of the Devil, they the same year. His first film was The Roost. Ah, that's right. Never saw that. It's alright, actually, yeah. Yeah, okay. But no, all right, fine. So uh, apologies, but House of the Devil. It's just like it's such a fucking individual film, and fair play to the guy because like ev- every film he makes is pretty different, you know. And obviously, a Valley of Violence, he was trying something non-horror, and it you know it worked for the most part. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I I I don't know. I hope there's some clever angle to this that we're not seeing. Yeah, it's not just the film that it look, it, it's not just uh, it's not just what it looks like, which is a little bit like a somebody doing Rob Zombie, but not like Rob Zombie. 
it's an A twenty four Rob Zombie. Yeah, by mm. the looks of it, that's a yeah, yeah, perfect. Yeah, we'll see. We got anything else? Uh, I've, I've not nothing. That's it. Okay, let's get into five cream. Um. <laughs> Which is directed by Matt Bettinelli Olpin and Tyler Gillett and stars Melissa Bushy Eyebrows from In the Heights, Barrera, Jenny Ortega, Jack Quaid, Courtney Cox, David Arquette, and Nev Campbell. So, Ghostface is back. Um, he's back in Woodsboro um, and there is a new cast of characters around now um, who are being picked off Um, 20-something Samantha played by Bushy Eyebrow Girl um, has run away from Woodsboro and she's now with her boyfriend Richie played by Jack Quaid but she is brought back to Woodsboro after her sister, played by Je- uh, Tara, I believe. Yeah, yep, yeah, Tara, played by Jenny Ortega, is uh, attacked by Ghostface. Um, so, yeah, I mean, all spoilers all the time. If, if this is your first show, we're going to be getting into it quite severely here. Becky. Yes. we've not talked about Scream at all I didn't even know when you guys were seeing it so this is exciting because I I honestly have no idea what you guys made of it so we've been through the uh, through the Scream films as obviously we talked about uh, last week for patrons, patreon.com forward slash Bill Bastards and we all very very much enjoyed um, the, the films that had come before um this is a slightly leading question, I think, but Scream 5, do you think it was as fresh as Scream 4 kind of like feels like it would have been back in 2011 now, now that you're watching it? Um, yeah, I'll start with that. Um, it's it's a weird one because obviously it's very much harking back to the first one. Um, there's a lot of kind of beat for beat going on in there which is very intentional and is referenced um but i think um it's it's difficult you you kind of have to take them all on their own merit i guess um this is probably fresher than the sequels the direct sequels probably were but i suppose scream 4 is a bit of an anomaly the fact that i i didn't mesh with it as much as the earlier sequels doesn't necessarily mean that it I don't know from from like taking it in a fresh direction point of view Scream 4 was doing its own thing but this is also kind of doing its own thing that I, I have issues with Scream 5 5 Cream um, with the whole kind of Billy Loomis um, connection but then that's also it makes it interesting but I think the the dream scene cameos 
did just really didn't work for me. So it's, I'm not directly answering your question. I guess it's they from a from a taking it in a fresh direction point of view. I think they both work equally well. Okay. Does that answer the question? I, 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 yeah. No, I, I I think it does well. I think it does well. Thank you for your time, Becky. There's <laughs> there's issues I have with four and there's issues I have with five, but they're different issues. But I think they're yeah. both kind of doing their own thing and trying to go right. Where do we take this now? Scream four obviously didn't land, so they've they've tried it with this one. Yeah, yeah, it's, I it's, think it, and I think it works. I think it works really well. Yeah, yeah, no, fair, fair. Okay, cool. Um, no, that's interesting. Um, so, Mark. Yes. Did you think Matthew Lillard was going to turn up at some point? <laughs> uh, I kind of hoped he was. Um, and I'll be honest, I would have preferred him to have done that rather than the... Um, the bad um, Mickey Madison impression of him that we get um, yeah. towards the end, yeah. Uh, but I think it was it, it it was interesting the way they went, um, and I, I I do think they just about got away with it. Mm. I, I guarantee you, I can't have been the only person um, in the screening going, I, I doing like math in my head, going, wait a minute. Does this anywhere near add up with the ages? Because it doesn't feel... Oh, it does, yeah. Right, it does, yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> it's tight, though, isn't it? It's tight. It is tight, <laughs> but it does add up. <laughs> I was thinking, wait, so when, when's this set? <laughs> I'm thinking, play it. Mm. All right, you're like, yeah, maybe. Two, yeah, fair just enough. Just, just, all right, all right. Okay, you're all I right. Mean, <laughs> Billy Loomis must have been fucking around, like... But then, but then At I can the same also time. Yeah, but but then I can also believe that he was doing yeah, that. Yeah, quite. She wasn't putting out because she wasn't putting out, yeah. and yeah. I don't think he was actually with her because he liked her that much. Because two things: one, she weren't putting out, and two, she doesn't seem she didn't seem like she was that nice a person to be around. No, and he didn't seem like the kind of nice person no. that would kind of be. Well, no, he literally he, he he literally. Fucked her so that he could kill her because of his weird movie thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so legacy characters that they killed off. Yeah. Really, you've only got obviously the heartbreaking one, and then you've got like a sub legacy character that they kill off with Marley Shelton. Mm. And it's like, I was watching that thinking, yeah. That's probably just putting her out of her misery. Like she looks rough as fuck in this movie. What has happened to Marley Shelton? I, I, that's I'm, a glad, bit I, I'm glad we have the feminist angle on this podcast. <laughs> but like, like no, but there's 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 a few of them. Like all the female characters, it's like, rough as fuck. I'm sorry, wow, wait. Molly Shelton does right, but all of them like who who did makeup for this movie? <laughs> Can I point out, guys, that, that Becky literally at one point turned around to me during the screen, and we very rarely talk during movies, do we? When we're watching the cinema, no. and then over to me and went, Molly Shelton looks fucking horrific. Right now, that <laughs> what that, that is one where it's like, did she? 
In Scream 4, did she mention having a kid? I suppose, all right, fair enough, a, a woman does not need to mention that she has a kid. But, I don't know, that character in Scream 4... Didn't, didn't seem like it had like seem a... Like, um, it, like she had a kid. Yeah, that would have been... She was just thirstily trying to fuck Around Dewey. seven or eight yeah. years old. Yeah. But she... I, do you know what? I don't mind the fact... You know, it, it, people are people. I don't. It's not an issue to me that she's put on weight. It's not an issue to me if she doesn't she wear makeup. It's the, an issue to bad, you when she's rough as fuck, though. <laughs> the bad work that she's had done to her face, you add that to the fact that when Courtney Cox is trying to be sad about Dewey dying and her face doesn't fucking change. It's like Nev Campbell <laughs> in there having clearly very minimal or very good work done is the most human looking of the legacy characters. Apart from Dewey, but Dewey doesn't count because he's a man. But the the, the, the female like legacy characters, it's like... Jesus Christ. What are you all sharing the same shit, Beverly Hills Doctor? What the fuck has gone on with your faces? I feel like we should put a disclaimer on this podcast. <laughs> Do you know what? Botox is evil. It shouldn't be fucking done. The only one of them that can emote is is Sydney, <laughs> and she looks the best out of all of them. Honestly, Courtney Cox looks like a fucking horror show all um, by herself. Yeah, cut. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, to be fair, Courtney Cox just very, very looks like she's had work done and that it's not great work. I I didn't know it's like with Marley Shelton, I don't know. <laughs> oh, just her face is just frozen and, like, just bad and, like, crap looking. And, like, Courtney Cox, the, the her top lip looks just so swollen and, like, it just doesn't move. It looks like a duck beak. It, it's, yeah. it's honestly really distracting. The thing is, it works for her character because she is supposed mm-hmm. to be this plasticky, um, very kind of looks obsessed kind of TV presenter. So it it works for the character, but it doesn't work for Marley Shelton. She's like a small town cop. She's the goddamn sheriff. Right. So what? She's spending all her bonus on Botox injections. Amy. I just need so, to get that bit off my chest. No, yeah, no. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I. But talk about Courtney Cox, though. I, I liked the legacy characters in this. I thought she and Nev Campbell had a, a, a nice dynamic in that mm. later part. Um, I, I enjoyed them. I hope this is the end for them. If they do do more ones, um. I, I could, to be honest, I could see Courtney Cox being paid $10 million to die in the opening sequence of the next one. Something mm, like yeah. that. Mm. Um, but I, yeah, this, it felt like a nice handing off of the torch and it, it felt like they gave a shit as well. And one of the things that I really liked, so I've been listening to the Hello Sydney podcast. It's this like limited series that the, uh, the folks who do the evolution of horror and the final girls, they came together and did a podcast series about Scream, which was like an officially like Paramount Pictures thing. But it's very, very good. And they mentioned there that when they're, they're, like they're like Sydney's husband is Mark, I didn't pick up on this, but you know who that is? Who? It's him him from Scream Three. Which one? 
Mark Kincaid, Patrick Dempsey in Scream 3. Oh, really? Oh, that's quite clever. And like they don't really call attention to it whatsoever. But it's like, right, okay, yeah, cool. Because, like, again, in Scream 4, maybe they just don't mention him. And then in Scream 5, she's married to him and she's got kids. Yep. You know, and that that I I like that's a lovely idea. And but but as soon as it was revealed, she was like jogging with the stroller. It was like, well, they're not killing Sydney then, and yeah. that did yeah. did take away some of the narrative tension. I've got to say, um, yeah, I, I can agree with that on a holistic level because you kind of you knew that they were going to kill um, Dewey. I, I, I kind of thought it was going to be in the hospital because of the trailer. I thought um, I thought he, he, he was going to be in his trailer. I, I don't remember Dewey in the hospital in the trailer. So yeah, in there's my a bit mind, where he's running was, in the hospital. Right, okay, fair enough. No, fair enough. I, I thought they, they were pulling a bit of a switch in the trailer where you've got him reacting to the rules and stuff, but it was actually a shot of him in the trailer talking to Sam and Richie, and I thought it was going to be that he was going to get killed off in the trailer. So I was really pleasantly surprised just how much Dewey we had in this. Yeah, he's in it a a big chunk of like the first, like third half of the movie. Yeah. Um, And I think think out of the the legacy characters, he's got the most to do when he's the most... But I, I enjoyed um, yeah. um, Courtney Cox and Neve Campbell. I thought not having them in the thick of the action all of the time was a good move. Was a really good idea. Yeah. It allowed it to be. It allowed you to get to spend a bit of time with the new characters, which mm. has its good and its bad points. Um, but it definitely felt like a. It it felt like a different screen. It still felt part of the same world. Mm. Still felt part of the same universe, but the um, the interesting thing about Scream has always been that that the the killer is is always different, but the same. So it's always Ghostface, mm. but it's always different people. Well, the the fact that the um, the killers seemed more manic. Kills were so brutal. You know, they, they, they were very. Yeah. It, it, it wasn't a, a slow stab, it was a lot of like violent stabbing attacks. And then also, let's be honest, and all spoilers all the time, what it did, but having them just be. Crazy fans. Just fucking hyper toxic fandom yeah. was, a, was a very Jeez. clever touch. There's yeah. a lot of. There's a lot of from, from the guys who made it and and you know the, the guys who wrote it. There's a lot of right. We're gonna just we're gonna poke fun and have a little bit of a dig at the horror community. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna have a go at elevated horror, but we're also gonna go at schlocky horror, and we're also gonna go at horror fans, but we're also gonna make a really good horror film. We're also gonna have a little bit of a dig at Jason X because the the previous screen stab yeah. movie that's referenced in this is like. It's it's kind of a dig at Jason X or yeah. something. Isn't there? Yeah, it's it, it, it's it, it's we're it, it's we're gonna basically go look. Fuck all you. Fuck yeah. There's a there's a little bit of that. Yeah. And I kind of I I, 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 I dug it. Yeah, yeah. Can I just mention one thing that I've not really seen anyone else referencing that I loved about this movie? Mm. The scene with Dylan Manette when his his mum's been stabbed outside but he doesn't know it's after he's got out of the shower and he's in the kitchen 
Oh yeah, you, 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 you've got the you've got the, the 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 fake outs of every single so, doll. But there's like three or four. Yeah, and it's like okay, okay. <laughs> that that scene is really well put together. I've not really seen anyone mention it. No, yeah, it was good. I think yeah. it gets lost as part of the larger whole, doesn't it? Yes. Sorry, guys. You guys just kind of like just stop talking quite suddenly. Then, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, um, the the brutality of it that you were you were talking about, Bex, kind of surprised me there because it's like with the eighteen rating, like I I I was a little bit okay. Well, is it just the BBFC being a little bit more circumspect about violence? It's like no, no, no. There is some lingering shit. Yeah. Um, Really, really rough. When that one guy got is stabbed in the hand, and you, it's really all up in there. Um, rough. Um, Dewey's but, death hurt as well. That was more brutal than I think yeah. it would have been had he died in an earlier movie. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, for sure. Um, but also, I mean, like Scream Four was really gory as well. But that was kind of. I don't know, that almost felt like it was just overblown and like we're having a good time. This mm. was, this was like, oh, bloody hell. Uh, you know, I, 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 I thought that, that was impressive. But the toxic fandom element of it, though, I mean, it, it, that's that's great. I mean, that's some fucking real, all right, the, these folks had something to say in this one. Yeah. And I mean, like, just the fact that Stab 8 was directed by Ryan Johnson, who also directed Star Wars Episode 8. You know, like, that's such... That's such a lovely... Like, cause, like Ryan Johnson gets a special thanks in the credits at the end as well. Um, and I, I, I thought that was such a lovely fuck you to people like me. Um, <laughs> you know, when we first talked about The Last Jedi... You know, and and the, I I, I think hopefully it's a film that is going to make some people look at themselves, and I'm, it, it it feels like it hasn't really been rejected. It feels like nobody is really pissed off with this, and I'm surprised by that. I I, I think it's been I think it's been quite well received as a whole. I think people have gone. We're just glad it's not shit. But I mean, like the, the the toxic fandom nature of it. I think maybe because it's really overblown, and the toxic people don't realise that they're toxic. I think it's a little like, bit of that, and they're just laughing at, "Oh, look at what he's saying." You know, maybe maybe it is that. Yeah, but it, it's. I will say though, I, I I did think it was a bit obvious that it was him. Um, yeah, it. It lets the mask slip during the hospital scene in a couple of moments. Um, like that, when he appears to Tara in her hospital room, and she's like, "What are you doing here?" And he says, "Your sister called, and I came." Mm. She hadn't called Richie at that point, or she couldn't. Like, there was something in my head there that was just like, "Well, that's actually not right. That's that no." No, she didn't. Or it was like she was calling him, but it was like, how the fuck did he get to the hospital that quickly? Yeah, it, it, it did feel a little bit like yeah. It, 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 
I, that felt a little bit almost intentional, though. Yeah, but I, I mean, th- then there's um, Richie when Dewey is kicking the killer's ass. Was a, like the look on his face wasn't oh this is great. It's like oh shit, I wasn't expecting this. Mm. And I, I you know and I I don't think that's a bad performance. I think that's intentional. I think that is a little a, a little bit of a tell. Um, but I and, she I, was awful though, right throughout the film. Who? Sorry. Um, the other killer. Oh, now Mikey Madison. I thought right. she was like really bad. She, it was like, okay, let's just have this random girl who's going to be in a couple of scenes, and then oh, it's her as well. Mm. Yeah. But it, 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 you almost forget about her, even though she gets a couple of scenes where it's like she's weirdly intense. You just kind of seem to forget about her, and then it's like, oh, all right, fine, she's a killer. Why? Oh, you know, all right, fine. It it blurred that line of guessable but I don't know it's not as bad as Laurie Metcalf in Scream 2 where it's literally just like this random fucking character oh it turns out there's a connection you didn't really see coming it's not that well yeah because she she lives in Stu's house she's a bit obsessed with Tara so she's kind of like on your radar a little bit but she's just her performance is awful yeah, she's not. Yeah, she's not great. She's not. No. Um, I thought. I, I thought everybody else was all right, though. I mean, it, it's. I will say. I hope this is it for Nate Campbell and Courtney Cox. But at the same time, I'm a bit like I'm not that bothered about Sam and Tara going forward either. Mm. I think. I want. I want a next one where Sam gets like taken over by the spirit of Billy Loomis and really. I think that, that. I think there's a bit of an element of that certainly that's there I think they've, they've left it open for two or three ways for the sequel to go yeah. from what I understand from reading something about the possibility of the sequel um, Neve Campbell will be involved but Courtney Cox won't if she's involved minimally I don't think it, like if she's in the beginning mm. but they're just, they're just getting too old for it now it's like it's not it's not a teen slasher when you've got like people in their I, I think, you, you, yeah, I think you can have them. You, I think, I think it will be probably in a a lesser role mm. than even she is in this. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't, I don't know how keen I am on the Billy Loomis apparitions in this because he's kind I've... of he's encouraging her and giving her advice and stuff like that, and at some points it's kind of like good guy advice and it's it's kind of to me it seems like they're trying to kind of retroactively set him up as a supportive kind of figure in in her head and also why would he be when you said that it was just bad the aging but he's old in this and he never got old i think it's just bad i think it's just not great the aging Uh, Really pulled me out of it every time he was kind of there in a flashback scene. I mean, just that fucking that one at the end where she's like stab, 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 and then he's just there, kind of like giving an approving smile. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's just like what the fuck is that? Yeah, that felt just a bit much. 
like what what are we trying to fucking say here then that like serial killing is in the genes like i i, I just no i'm i'm not feeling that and the yeah i don't i mean good 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 for ski Ulrich, i suppose but yeah i it, I, I i don't know man if they went in that fucking direction whether it's like is it her or wasn't it her it's like well they could have done like they were trying to kind of trying to do that with this one as well like at least at the start uh it, that just doesn't feel like the right way of going about it um mm. yeah I, I i yeah i don't know i don't know I, I, I'd watch. I mean, the thing is, but I liked it. You know, yeah. it, uh, it, it's a strong seven and a half out of ten for me. I'll, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll watch it again, and I'll watch the next inevitable one. So, it's done what it needed to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just I, I scream for watching that now. I think the what is actually going on in that is way more satisfying. I like the toxic toxic fandom element, but the whole final girl turning out to actually trying to be a final girl and manufacture it all, uh, can, that's can a I, great turn. Can I, can I make a, a prediction for the next one? Go on. Hayden Panettiere will be back in it. Great. Yeah. Kirby will be back in it. Because she's not dead. Well, that's it. She dies off screen, doesn't she? No, it it, it, it says in screen. What is it uh, within this that she oh. survived? Oh, okay, okay, okay. So, so that's a legacy character that isn't. So yeah, old. they're gonna bring her back into it. I reckon. Otherwise, why mention that she survived if you haven't got the idea to bring her back into it yeah. somehow? Yeah. It's at least the idea, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean that 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 would be that would be great. Mm. That'd be great. I, I, so I mean, definitely not shit. Definitely not shit. Definitely not shit, and I will say as well, I like that the credits of this one go back to the let's have a bit of a pop-punky song and then the fucking credits with the people's faces on the end. Yeah. I like I, I liked that. I enjoyed that. And, uh, yeah, I've been listening to that band's album, uh, EPs, uh, and I quite like them, even though I, I, I don't think I should. <laughs> <laughs> Our audience poll, definitely not shit 70% and shit 30%. Wow. Okay. Yep. Have you ever wondered what so-called family films will scar your kids forever? Putting four or five-year-olds in front of this movie, it's like, if they didn't know what death was before all this, they're going to know it after it. They're going to know it after it, and they're going to be freaking terrified. And they're going to be questioning you. Yeah. Or do you have the slight suspicion that your loved one has a cold, dead heart? Yeah, the Dark Knight has got all the orphans, and like, oh no, we're going to die. They did not build up those orphans at all. In my head, it's like, kill them. Then look no further, the His Film, Her Movie podcast is the show for you. It's the movie podcast that celebrates the contrasting cinematic tastes of its hosts. So join Jordan and Lauren every week on their unique journey through the land of the silver screen. So if you're looking for a few laughs, some fun film-related chat, then get involved. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you.
This podcast you're listening to, pretty good, isn't it? Only problem is, it's about halfway through. Pretty soon, it'll be over. And then what are you going to do? Well, if you're a fan of this show, why not head over to wearepodsyndicate.com and subscribe to our brand new feed, Pod Syndicate The Bonus Shows. Every week, your hosts from Beyond the Neon, Chinstroker vs. Punter, Entertainment Landfill, Film Bastards, His Film, Her Movie, and What's on Tap will be dropping bonus shows right onto that feed. These shows might be collaborations and crossovers, or they might be archive episodes, interviews, one-offs, and other treats from across the Pod Syndicate network. So, prepare yourself for the inevitable disappointment of this Pod Syndicate show ending by heading to wearepodsyndicate.com and clicking on The Bonus Shows. Let's do some what we've been watching. Who's going Who first? wants to start? <clears throat> Shall I start with my? What, have you, what, what have you been watching solo, Bex? Um, because I've 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 a couple. Um, I watched Jojo Rabbit on my own. How did that hold up? Really well, actually. I really, really, yeah. I, I was a bit kind of concerned. I've been putting off rewatching it in case it was like not as good as I remembered it when it is so that's good um, I watched Zootopia slash Zootropolis well I also watched that yeah I was going to say I thought I saw that on Mark's letterbox you watch it, it differently yeah I watched it separately <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> that's so weird Mark okay what did you think um I really like Zootopia. It's you really... both watched Zootopia separately. <laughs> yeah. Did I watch right. it first? Okay. I think you were watching it. Mm. And then I came down to do something. Oh, and you watched Saw you were watching it, yeah. watched a bit of it, then watched the rest of it the next day. Uh, it's fucking great, Zootopia. It's a, fun, it's a really fun film. It's really, it's got like a real fucking message to it as well. Like it's, it's quite heavy in its messaging. Yep. But without feeling like it's heavy, I think. Certainly, yeah. I think, I think it's a really well written and well done movie mm. that 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 manages to both be fun and entertaining, but have something to say. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, it would be a heavy recommend for me for anyone that's not seen it. Well, Zootopia. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I rewatched Dune. How did that hold up? Oh, it's really fucking good. I tell you what, I watched the first forty-five minutes of that yesterday, mm. and I was a bit like, "Fuck!" Was I just in a bad mood? It's so, it's so fucking good. The story's really good. The acting's really good. It looks beautiful it's it's just really fucking good i'm sure we'll be talking about it on next week's show <laughs> like with with your list at the very least bex but mm. i'm quite i'm quite looking forward to getting the the rest of that done i'll be honest i was in a massive traffic jam on the way to it and i arrived like literally just before dune part one comes up on screen so i was already a little bit harried and I ever so slightly wonder if that just somehow affected my perception of the film. We'll see. It might be that I watched the, the, the other two hours and I'm like, actually, no, I was right. But that, the fucking, watching that film, like the visuals are so fucking striking. Mm. 
It's just wow. such a fucking film. It is, yeah, yeah. I want to describe it to Mark because the the reason I wanted to rewatch it, uh, and we'll get into it more on the end of the year show, but I needed to decide between that and another film for my film of the year. Um, and the way that I kind of described it to Mark, Mark, Mark uses days of the week as yeah. his descriptor for films. I tend to use food. And the thing is with June is it's like a really satisfying, all food groups are represented and it's just really fucking good meal. It's a Sunday dinner, like a really good Sunday dinner of a meal. Everything's there. Everything's really well done. And it just, it ticks all the boxes and yeah, yeah it's, 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 it's just really fucking good. And it's, it's cinema with a capital C me is that movie um, and I, I what the reason I wanted to rewatch it I think was because obviously we saw it on IMAX and I wanted to see if it held up um on like a like a on a normal screen which is what you were saying as well wasn't it Ian? I've got to say uh, actually I'll let Bex finish sorry <clears throat> well I wasn't as a slack jawed open yeah. fucking mouthed awe inspired as I was by it in IMAX but it's Still really fucking good. Like, what, and look, looks wise. What they need, to, what they need to do when one and two are both out, is just do like them, almost like them stuck together, or like with an intermission, and release the IMAX framing version. You literally, there are shots already in this first forty-five minutes that I'm just like, yeah, that felt that was just the there was more to the image I mean it's literally there was more I visual information I remember from the presentation I saw in the cinema than there is now mm, 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 yeah that makes sense and it just it takes away it, it, it takes away I'm, I'm surprised Villeneuve was like yeah that that's alright it, it's and I, I I wonder how much of it it, it was his decision but Nolan managed to get it. Um, like for for his films on, because like it, it, I mean to be clear, the Blu-ray and the 4K are just the 2.39 aspect ratio as well. There is no home video format that has the IMAX framing, and that's a real shame. We're going to talk about. I'm going to talk about a film later that I didn't see in IMAX, but I saw in IMAX framing at home, and it made it better. But yeah. Um, and then, uh, with the exception of the one that I'm not going to speak about, because you're going to watch it, aren't you? Aren't you? Yes. And I'm still suffering from like some kind of post-traumatic response to watching it. Um, oh, the, shit. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> the only other one that I watched on my own was The Gentleman. I didn't speak about that last time, did I? No. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, wanted to rewatch The Gentleman just to kind of see... I didn't feel like I got on with it great when I watched it last time. Um, it, it's fun. It's a bit... Oh, it's a bit pantomime Like, the, the Hugh Grant character is a bit much and a bit too much of a caricature. Um, the framing of the story is essentially he's telling Charlie Hunnam the story that Charlie Hunnam's already lived through is a bit weird but then I can kind of get my head around that from a kind of 
yeah but he's showing off to charlie hunnam how much he knows kind of point of view um it's it's very good it's it's it is very very good and it's better than i remember it being um but it's still not it's still not top tier for me fair enough and then the one that i will not speak about until you've watched it and we can actually like get our heads around it together but and and to be clear i am to never watch that yeah yeah no okay all right it's it's so good so guys it's Swan Song with Mahershala Ali and Naomi Harris it's available on Apple TV Plus it's very 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 fucking good if you have any kind of dark thoughts with relation to your own mortality losing people you love how the people that you love would be affected by you dying just just don't fucking watch it because it it's 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 poignant but heartbreakingly ugly crying bad yeah that's going to be insanely triggering for me so i will do myself a favor and not yeah that would hit the summer (laughs) you'll probably fucking love it you'll be like yeah mahershala ali and his beanies he's looking fucking tight do like a mile of beanie yeah you do yeah and yeah it's just oh my god i I, I don't i've not organized my thoughts enough that i can talk about it yet and that's me cool i I only watched two on my own (laughs) go on Uh, oh god i know what one of them is what Anchorman too, isn't it? So, I, so, I, so, yeah. Spoiler alert, there, Max. So, I, I watched Anchorman. Uh, it's been a long time since I watched Anchorman, um, but I wanted to. I, I think the last time I watched it was when we watched it before um, Anchorman Two came out. So that's like getting on for like eight years. Um, so we watched it. It, it, it yeah, it, it's, it's still really fucking good and really fucking funny <laughs> it's it holds its place as been like probably the iconic comedy of the the is for a very good reason it's an awful lot of fun um i'd only watched anchorman 2 once since the cinema and it was the uh, the extended cut which is a little bit different um like even so, like the main jokes are different. So I wanted to go back and watch the just the normal Anchorman two um, because I enjoyed the the different cut of it. Um, but some of the better jokes. Oh, so you watched like the theatrical cut? Yeah. Okay. Of, of, of Anchorman two. Um, the thing is about Anchorman two. Is it's for a start off? It's way too long. It, it's it's nearly it's it's touching two hours, which is almost like thirty minutes longer than Anchorman. So you've almost got another third of a movie plonked on top of it. Um, but genuinely. I think that there is some of like the best comedy of the past ten years is in this movie. Paul Rudd is in great form. Will Ferrell's doing some good work. I think the character of of Ron Burgundy has changed a little bit too much, maybe. Um, 
but I think you can get away with it. it it's it's kind of blown up. The what's happened to Champ is quite fun, but they go too far with Brick. Mm. Um, there's an actual because the thing is there's there's some great like in the first sort of like half of the movie or the first the first third of the movie it is like there's there's a lot of jokes been thrown at it but a lot of them land um, so for instance the bit where Ron Burgundy tries to kill himself um, and then he's, he's explaining it to Dylan Baker who comes in but he's explaining it in this voice and the next just look at him going hang on a minute I think you're telling the truth, so why are you saying it like you're trying to lie? Is <laughs> is genuine really quite funny mm-hmm. in the fact that he goes, Okay, so you okay? And he's like, Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. He's like, You're still doing it. <laughs> um is is really good. And there's bits like that that are genuinely funny. Mm-hmm. Um James Marsden as as basically the new Ron Burgundy. The new, you know, young hotshot um, is really good. James Marsden just is really it, good, it, 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 within it, um, but then you have the Steve Carell and Kristen Wiig thing mm. within it, mm. where there is literally a scene where all they're doing is throwing things and screaming, and you're watching it now. It's embarrassing. Isn't going. It? Right, that is unequivocally not funny. But that, even on set, that can't have been funny. No. And it just makes you look at it and go, what point was that funny? And then I see things about Saturday Night Live and and realise, ah, some people just don't understand what's funny. Yeah, yeah. Some people will literally just laugh at things because they're told because they're told it's funny, Mm. and it's it is genuinely. If you cut out that entire section of the movie, Mm. the Steve Crowley and Wig bit, who who are two people I normally find very amusing and very fun to watch. Yeah. If you cut that out, you'd probably lose about ten minutes out of the film, and it'd be a lot better. Yeah. Um. All of the bits, uh, the interactions that um, that Ron has with his kid, you could probably remove all those because even they're not that funny. <laughs> Apart from when he when he when he buys uh, Christine Applegate a some lingerie and then tries to say it's a gift for the kid. Mm. Nice, but yeah, it's it's a really odd film. Is Anchorman too, but genuinely there are some great moments within it. Fair play. Should we rattle through our what we've been watching, Bex? Can do. Yeah, because we've got a couple in there that are literally just we watched this we've spoken about before. We watched Con Air. We watched Con Air. We've spoken about it before. We've spoken about it before. It's Con Air's great. fucking great. Put the fucking bunny back in the box. Yeah. Get on with your life. It, it, it's great watching Con Air like once every three or four years. Yeah. Because you get to go just. I still maintain the end of that film where it's like, hey, the comedy paedophile's free again. <laughs> it's not aged well. The rest of it, I like. I, I very much enjoy Conair. Sorry. Yep, it's Conair's great. It, it's just nice to watch it and go, yep, still fucking holds up. Got the 
whole world in his hands. Yep. Um, we watched Unstoppable. It's really fucking good. It's Unstoppable, Sweet. isn't it? It's fucking great. It's Unstoppable. It's a Tony Scott film, right? It is Tony Scott's yeah, last film. Yeah. I, I just... Literally, there are very few filmmakers... Right, if you were to go, if you were to explain to somebody I, at the time, yeah, so it's this film and it's about this train, right, and it, <laughs> it, it, it just it won't stop. You'd be like, right. So, like, speed but on a train. Okay, like, speed but on a no, train. No, no, yeah, it no, is yeah. like that. Like, that sounds a bit shit. And it's directed by Tony Scott, I'm in. Yeah. If, mm. if, you, if you come across a Tony Scott film that you haven't watched before, but you know it's by Tony Scott, you know you're in for a, like, five star banger. I, I, I just I, I, every so often I think every like four or five months I need to watch a Tony Scott yeah, movie yeah. because it just makes me feel better yeah yeah because they're all just so fucking good yeah um, we also rewatched The Sin Eater again of course we fucking did because it's been a while yeah it's been a few months yeah <laughs> so we rewatched you watch the fucking right I swear to god The Sin Eater does come up every few months yeah it does yeah <laughs> Fucking hell, guys! You've seen it, right? Yeah, yeah, I've seen it once. You you need to rewatch that shit. It's it's very much our movie that when we get home from the pub at like half eleven at night, and we're about to have like like a couple of pizzas or something like that, just get horned up and fuck in front of the cine, and and, and then we're just like, 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 what should we watch? Fucking filth! It's pretty much that, yeah. It's not that filthy. I mean, Catholic guilt does make you really horny. It so. does a little bit, yeah. <laughs> Jesus, I kind of feel Benedetta's like gonna like make your cock blow up in it. Oh, Benedetta, Benedetta is yeah. That's gonna be some yeah. That's gonna be some fucking watching. <laughs> the walls are gonna get painted. Yeah, they are. Yeah. yeah. Oh wow, we're, we're co- all right. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have to brush this sofa down afterwards. I mean, I think we might need to like cover it with some cling film. Yeah, we'll have to. Do, we'll, we'll work it out. Yeah, we'll put a sheet down. <laughs> So we went and did it, didn't we, Bex? We fucking did. We went yeah. and watched Ghostbusters Afterlife. Yeah, we fucking did. Yeah, you did. All right, yeah. Go on, Bex. I really fucking enjoyed it. Of course you did, you fucking idiot. Fucking, yeah. It's fun and it's. Is it? Yeah. When? It's just fun with the adventure shit. You're just miserable cunts, the pair of you. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a Ghostbusters movie. Right. It's a movie about busting ghosts. Can I rant now? The oh, busting man. did not make me feel good. It didn't. Can, can, I, can, I, can I rant now? Fine. Right. Here's the thing. If Jason Reitman had had successful movies over the past four or five years, mm. seven or eight years, mm. right, the movie he would have made wouldn't have been Ghostbusters, wouldn't have been Ghostbusters Afterlife. The movie mm. he would have made... Would have could have still had the cast, but it would have been Carrie Coon as a divorced single mother having to move back to her hometown to go to the her estranged father's house, thinking that that might be worth something. Finding out it's not, and then her connecting with her kid who is a little bit. Awkward. Awkward, and finding that connection through the local summer school science teacher played by Paul Rudd, and that's how she kind of 
finds herself again. And that would have been the movie he wanted to make. But his movies weren't successful. And he's Jason Reitman. So he has a family history with the Ghostbusters movie. So that's how he kind of got this movie made. By having it be Ghostbusters. And it was boring. I disagree with you. For the majority of it. Right, that isn't how children talk. That isn't how children talk. The that that kid. No, it, it isn't. It isn't. I'm sorry. That fucking the one that's the fucking the daughter. It's it was painful mm-hmm. watching her talk. It really was. It was. I, I'm I'm angry. Choking on my own fucking rage. Okay. Angry. I'm glad you liked it. I'm glad people enjoyed it. I'm glad you some people angry. got. Just after you'd watched it, before you spoke to other people, either. No, I was. Was actually. Mm. I was. I was actually, and I was bored during it. It's boring. It's not boring. It's really boring. It's not boring. It's boring. It's boring. It is. And then the last one we watched, mm-hmm. uh, which will segue nicely, is we watched Escape Room Tournament of Champions. <sighs> Extended Here we cut. go. Here we go. It's a completely different plot. It's a completely different movie, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not just like your usual like horror film extended cut where you get a little bit more gore or a few more scenes or anything like that. No. Or maybe a bit of a swear. Or maybe a bit of a swear, yeah. No, you get a completely different opening, a, like 40 minutes of the, of the, the movie, and then a completely different ending. But the 40 minutes of the movie hit different because of the different opening yeah. and the different ending. Mm-hmm. They mean different things. Yeah. It, oh, it's, it's, it's so fucking weird, isn't it? Uh, the, you know what the weirdest thing is? They're both good movies. <laughs> yeah, I like both of them. They can both exist if they both got sequels and went off and we had some kind of fucking escape room <laughs> multiverse. I'd be alright with that. Yeah, yeah same. <laughs> two sequels. <laughs> I just went fuck it let's just right how much can we give you we'll give you 30 million 50 million each and you make just both sequels yeah the ending of this one does make marginally more sense I think than it just being the ginger chick out of the first one and she's been forced to make a bunch of escape rooms I think that it, it does make a little bit more sense yeah I, I'd love to know the background to this though like what the fuck made them shoot like half a different completely different film it's weird isn't it how does that happen Mm. yeah it is it's so different (laughs) so for context right for for people who have so, well, I don't know. So, Escape Room 2, the theatrical cut. So, I don't know. In my mind's eye, it starts with, like, a faceless... Like, the, the Minos Corporation. They're all faceless people. And they're like, right, we've got to get Zoe. Like, what are we going to fucking do? You know? And then and then it, it, it quite quickly goes into what happens in um 
like the like the forty minutes or so that are the same here. I think. Yeah. And then the ending, as you guys said, um, that the the, the Deborah Ann Wall um, from the first film comes back in this one, and she's like, actually, Minos forced me to work with them, even though I obviously fell to my death in the first one. Um, otherwise, they were going to do shit to my son or something. Yep. So they forced me to help them. This one starts with a flashback to like the early noughties, where you see right there and then who the like who the people making who the person making the games is. It's like fucking hell. All right then. And it's this flashback where he traps his wife in a deadly sauna, um, which is the exact level of stupid that I need for this film. Oh, yeah. The exact level of stupid. Um, And then it's, you know, it it, it goes into it and his daughter grows up to be the girl from Orphan, maybe playing the same character, who knows. Um, And now... She is developing the games, and, and and it kind of goes on, and then you get like the same forty minutes or so, and then Deborah Ann Wall, even though she's credited in the extended cut, is not in the extended cut at all, nope. and instead the lead girl teams up with the orphan girl, while the lead guy, instead of being trapped in a light house thing being filled up with sand if I remember correctly from the theatrical cut is instead in the deadly sauna room yep and then at the end of this you have a twist where it actually turns out that even though the daughter has been appearing to play nice actually she is fucking psychotic kills her dad Say, and saying, I want you to be proud of me. I'm going to make some fucking brilliant escape rooms. Escape room three, Orphan versus Zoe. Yep. Which I want to see very badly. Yep. <laughs> and it just... Like, it, it's completely it, this, this film. <laughs> this film, it's not... Like, it doesn't feel like it would have had that massive a budget. 15 million... To, but yeah, this is the thing. Like that, the beginning, completely new stuff. Mm-hmm. The end, completely new stuff. They don't reuse fucking anything. There's new sets. Yep. The escape room is completely different. And I mean, to be fair, the end of the the, the theatrical cut was really dissatisfying because it was like, right, okay, so now she's gonna get on the plane. That was like teased at the end of the first one yep and it, it did feel like okay so we've literally just ended at the same place <laughs> as the first, the first film ends and that felt weird at the time it's like well yeah no wonder because for some fucking reason they've just binned this plot off and replaced it with another plot that actually probably isn't as satisfying <laughs> What the? There's a story behind this, and what the fuck is that story? It's yeah. You, you hope that at some point it kind of comes out. Because it's not what it, the fuck it, happened. 
it's not Escape Room 2 Extended Cut. It's Escape Room 2 Different Escape Room 2. <laughs> Escape Room 2B. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And if they do make a sequel, if they do, because Escape Room 2 did quite well. If they do make a sequel, which one do they make it off? <laughs> well, th- this is the thing. It was like, it got delayed. Because the thing is, right, because of all COVID and whatnot, it was originally supposed to come out in January 2021. It then got pushed back to January 2022. And th- then they were like, actually, no, we're- fuck it. We're just going to release it in about a month. And I wonder whether they were just like, right, what cut do we fucking release? Fuck it. Just just do just do the original cut. Fuck it. Just release it. And like in twenty twenty two if it came out in January twenty twenty two, would they have actually gone, do you know what? The orphan cut, which I is what I'm gonna call it, the orphan cut is actually the better cut, release that. It's bizarre. It is. It's it's, it's such an odd one. It just it feels like such a waste of money. Because like the the theatrical cut must have been the one that they did reshoots on, or did they do the theatrical cut? Then they were like, no, no, because the 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 orphan cut feels like what Escape Room Two should be. Yeah. The theatrical cut that really doesn't actually. The more I think about it, this does feel like the true Escape Room too. Yeah, it does. It, 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 it's a, it's a it's a it's a really fucking weird bonkers. Yeah, like Zedler to know what happened. <laughs> bonkers. I just it's like I say it's not like they even reused the same sets or anything like that like they surely would have had to do extensive reshoots or did they literally just go we're going to shoot all of this and then decide after which one works I think there's maybe an element of that Mm. I god I want to know listeners seriously if there's anything out there that actually goes into this. Let us know. I, I... Fucking mental. <laughs> it genuinely is. It is. It, it, there's like an extra, there's like a completely different 40 minutes of this movie. It would make more sense if it was a bigger film, but it's Escape Room Tournament of Champions. <laughs> yeah. I want to see the sequel to both. I want to see the sequel to both. So yeah, so do I. You know, like it, it. But God, the orphan versus Zoe. My God, what a fucking treat that would be. <laughs> what else you been watching then, bud? Oh man, wow, we. Um, and that was my Christmas present from Mark. So thank you, Mark. You're very um, much welcome. Right. Okay. So. Um, Right, uh, so did a little bit of kind of like rewatching and whatnot, um, uh, ready for uh, end of year review stuff. So I watched Annette, um, <laughs> which I I have now seen Annette twice. Hell yeah! Yeah, forever. I I like Annette. Annette will not be appearing next week on any of the lists. Uh, it dropped down a little bit, but what I will say is, 
I think the last half hour, 40 minutes are pretty fucking brilliant. Um, I think, uh, so, uh, may we start is, uh, an um, incredible opening. Um, I, I, I think the middle third, there is some fat on that that could really be cut, but I, I, I think it ends strong, but it's, it's not quite enough there to, um, yeah, there's not quite enough there to, to make me think actually, yeah, that is one of the best films of the year. Um, I also, um, I also rewatched Eternals just to kind of calibrate my thinking on that now that's on Disney Plus. Um, so I wish I saw Eternals in IMAX, uh, because I think it just showed to me that the Cineworld in Cardiff, uh, do not give a fuck about the technical presentation of their films. I think I've mentioned this in passing on the podcast before, but since I started going to the Odeon here more, I've actually realised oh shit, films can actually look really, really great on the big screen. I think the Odeon in Cardiff does a great job. I think the Cineworld in Cardiff does a pretty shit job. Uh, Eternals was a very murky, bleh experience uh, at the Cineworld. The IMAX enhanced version on Disney+, Plus, I thought was almost like watching a different film in point. Um, but... One hand giveth, the other hand, other hand taketh away. Um, that film, I watched it with Donna, first time she'd watched it. And she, she turned around to me at one point and just went, there's a lot of explaining in this, isn't there? <laughs> um, like, completely, like, not me saying anything. And it was like, yeah, there is. They, they are trying to do so much... It reminds me of Iron Man 2 in a way where that film they're trying to set up so many different like ways that the MCU could go off in the future. Eternals isn't necessarily doing that, but it's trying to just set up so much internal Eternals history. And it's like let's just make sure that we actually care about these characters first. <laughs> That's a fair comment. You know, but and it, it's like you think of the characters in the MCU that you're looking forward to seeing in the future. I'll be honest. From, it's not Cersei. It's not fucking whatever Barry Keoghan was called. It's like... I'll, I'll, wa- I'll watch this cast as supporting characters in other films. But I'm not very excited about an Eternals 2. I don't think anyone is... And I do wonder because, like, because the thing is, with this, they were like, "This is a ma- like, why did they have to like not fight Thanos and whatnot?" The reason is huge. You're not going to fucking believe it. Huge. It's going to be a, like a new threat for the MCU. It's like this big red dude. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. Sweet. And it. It's going to be fascinating. Like now, now that we're looking back, right? Shang Chi feels like the one out of those. I mean, Spider Man is its whole different thing. But out of Black Widow, Shang Chi, and Eternals, Shang Chi feels like the one that actually, like, people were like, "Yeah, yeah, more of that, please." I like them. Let's do that. 
more. And you had Black Widow, where it was like, well, you know, it's Black Widow finally getting her own film, and it's Eternals, where it's like, directed by Oscar-winning director Chloe Zhao, starring these people, and it's all epic and shot on real locations. And I love, I love the epic, I love the shot on real locations. I'll be honest, give me more Simu Liu and Aquafina being fun together. That 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 that's what I that's what I want, and I I wouldn't be surprised if plans for Eternals two are now actually we're going to roll them into other films. I I I, I could see that at this point. We yeah. introduced the characters. Now we can just have them be supporting characters in other films. Yeah, I, I can't see them being an Eternals two now. And the fact that <clears throat> the, the way the way they left it was they're all kind of all over the place. Exactly, they can they can use that to feed into everything. Yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll see how that goes. But yeah, Eternals. It's really fucking long. <laughs> I, th- I I think that's one my what my one line review of Eternals. It's really fucking long. <laughs> Aquafina's uh, in Swan Song. Is she? It's a very different role. Who is Aquafina? In Swan Song. Mm-hmm. Is it like really upsetting role? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Cool. Great. Just it's all just very upsetting, Ian. Just assume that it's all upsetting. Brilliant. 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 Yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant. Okay. Thank you. Um. So, um. Okay. So I also caught up with Vacation Friends. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? Vacation Friends. Good movie. It's a fucking great movie. It's a good time. It's a good it's movie. Just, it's just fun. Yep. It's yep. just fun. Like you were saying, I think you messaged me about it saying it, it, it's great the fact that John Cena can recognise when birds are about to take a shit. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. So my letterbox review was simply 10 years ago, this would have been fucking huge. Yeah, and I agree with that, and it should have been fucking huge because it's fucking, it, it, it's a great time. Love it that movie. is such a fucking shame that that in the UK was just like, yeah, it's on Disney Plus. Yeah. No one, and you're like, no one's seen it, no one's talking about it. It, that that film is really really fun. It just it feels like a mid budget studio comedy from ten fifteen years ago, and it it w- works a treat. Yep. Uh, like really really delightful. We watched that last Saturday, then watched Eternals this Saturday, and I know which fucking Saturday I'd rather live in. Um. So uh, before I uh, go to more current stuff, um. The Blank Check podcast are doing a new mini-series on the films of Jane Campion. So, I a uh, bit of a change of speed, this. I watched Jane Campion's first movie, a made-for-TV uh, movie called Two Friends. Um, which uh, was about 80 minutes long. And tells the story of two teenage friends, but tells it in reverse. So, the start of the film is when they've kind of gone their separate ways and they don't really seem to like each other. And then the start of the film is one of them writing a letter to the other one about how much they like them and how much they hope that they're going to be friends in school forever. And then it's all about, like, how how did that go wrong in between? Interesting bit of work, I've got to say. Like, it does kind of feel like a bit of a project, but I enjoyed it. It's on the Criterion channel, which is how I watched it. Um, 
and yeah, I I, I I quite liked it actually. So yeah, two friends, but um, I don't know. Blank Check did like a two-hour podcast about it, so go listen to that. Um, so I uh, I've got two more. Uh, Hotel Transylvania Four just <laughs> ejected its bowels all over Amazon Prime last week. Was supposed to come out in the cinema last October, and then Amazon bought it, and it was, just, and they were just like, "Oh, what, what, what have we got for January the fourteenth? Nothing. Oh, is I've just found Hotel Transylvania four down the back of the sofa. How about that? Oh yeah, go on then. So, yeah, is, is this the one Adam Sandler even couldn't be asked to come back for? Yeah, Sandler's not back for this one. Sandberg and Gomez are, to be fair. Um, yeah, Jendi Tartakovsky uh, did the story, but didn't do the screenplay or direct it. Um, so I, 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 I have time for the Hotel Transylvania films. Um, I, I quite enjoy them. The third one, uh, lots of nice saw in the cinema. We had, we had a really good time with it, to be fair. Um, Hotel Transylvania Four is just like this. I'm. I'm surprised it was supposed to go to the cinema it's not like awful 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 but it's just very direct to video it's like the return of Jafar you know Sony sold to Amazon for a hundred million fucking ridiculous fucking I mean like the thing is actually I think Sony probably would have made more more than that worldwide Mm. so uh, I mean obviously like uh, uh, exhibition, uh, exhibition of gross and whatnot. You probably have to do two hundred mil worldwide, which I don't know. In October, it probably would have done. Um, probably would have done all it, yeah. But you know, it's a safe hundred million. Yeah, I mean it. It just, I, it's not like any of them were necessary, but I, yeah, it just there's fuck all to it, really. Um, so what happens in this one? There's a fucking weapon that turns monsters into humans and humans into monsters so Andy Sandberg's character turns into a monster Adam Sandler's character turns into like a middle aged dad 2 out of 5 fair enough I don't really have much more to say about it do you know what I have got more to say about though go on dear Evan (laughs) (laughs) the floor is yours (laughs) folks I watched Dear Evan Hansen so the really 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 frustrating two things about Dear Evan Hansen are these one the central casting two and more frustrating I'll get to the central casting but more frustrating this could have been really really good and could have been something that would have meant a lot to a lot of people because the bones of it are there and the third act not well the the last 20 25 minutes of a two out two and a half uh, two hour 20 minute film so like the end of the third act actually kind of got me I'll, I'll I'll say that there is a very very clever reveal of something which I hadn't expected and kind of 
played with what you're expecting towards the end, which I didn't see coming and was quite impactful. And the very end of it, like how the story wraps up, is like, okay, fair enough, that's how we're leaving things. Okay, fair enough. But... The fact that this got... It even was popular on Broadway is fucking insane. <laughs> um, th- uh, so, th- th- the story is a loner in high school who doesn't have any friends um, is told by his therapist to write letters to himself. So they start Dear Evan Hansen. And he writes a letter to himself uh, just th- that's very nice. And he's trying to G himself up. A Another kid um, finds, like, takes, grabs the letter off of him, reads it, and Di- Evan Hansen is talking about this guy's sister and how much he likes her. And the guy is like, that's fucked up, what are you doing? And it's like, yeah, alright. I It is a little bit creepy that you're talking about this guy's sister. And it's like, he has no social connection with her, like, whatsoever. There is a moment early on where they interact where Ben Platt, who plays Evan Hansen, plays it like he's not a human. Um... And, and and that's it. So he likes her from afar. But in this letter he's talking about her. Also some nice things cheering himself up but about her. So that kid then turns out to be depressed and he kills himself. And he's got that letter on him. And his mum, played by Amy Adams, thinks that um, he wrote that letter to Evan Hansen. And then Evan Hansen not wanting to upset the mum and the family... Um, basically goes along with yes okay we were friends blah 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 uh and then it it kind of builds from there where people suddenly start noticing him and liking him because he was the friend of a kid who killed himself and then like through his natural ability to kind of like tell stories and things like that people like him and it it kind of goes on from there so yeah it's there's a there's a musical number in this which I think is called Sincerely Yours which is basically where he is writing a letter in the voice of the dead kid but pretending it's him but getting advice from someone else who he's letting in on all this stuff that's happening as to how to write it in the voice of the other guy so it's a comedy song about how Evan Hansen doesn't really know how to be a fucking person and this other guy is like you can't say that that sounds psychotic but it's a comedy song about him pretending to basically be the voice of a kid who killed himself <laughs> oh what the fuck then later on there is another song where Evan Hansen is talking to the dead kid's sister, who Evan Hansen wants to fuck, and is talking to him about her, about the conversations that the dead kid used to have with him, about how much he liked his sister, but it's Evan Hansen actually talking about the things he likes about the sister. So, to the sister, it is 
her brother talking about how much he loves her, but to Evan Hansen, how much he loves her. But it's like so... Evan Hansen, you're expressing your love for this girl by basically pretending to be her dead brother. Who wants to fuck her. This sounds so... Just... What the fudge? (laughs) It is... So fucking... Misjudged. It is so misjudged. It sounds awful. And this is... I and I haven't even mentioned the physical appearance of Ben Platt at this point. Now, this is a guy who played Evan Hansen on Broadway. He's like 26 years old and looks like he's had a very hard life. And I mean, I shared some pictures with Mark in the boy chat, and I don't know, Bex, if you've seen any of them. I've but... seen some of the ones you put on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that one's that one's rough. That one's rough. Um, oh, and it just, I, I the the hubris <laughs> of that guy to go, I can do this. Is staggering, and the thing is, right? Caitlin Deva, who is who is good in this. This is the thing. It's like the the rest of the cast are perfectly good in this. But Caitlin Deva does like she's not just playing sixteen. I mean, she looks like she could pass for sixteen, seventeen. She could. I don't know how old she actually is. She must be older. Twenty five. She's twenty five. So that is fucking mental. Like. If they were cast as their real ages, it wouldn't be that creepy. You know, if you knew that. But with this, she looks like she could be 16. He looks like he could be 36. And... (laughs) It's such a fucking car crash decision. And the, the kid who plays the dead kid on Broadway, he was played by Mike Feist from West Side Story and it's like fucking hell Mike Feist you made the right decision there mate good for you um, you know I mean I know you guys didn't like West Side Story as much as me but f- trust me he made the right decision um, it is staggering in its what the fuck were you thinking I mean, universal between Deer and Evan Hansen and Cats. Like, whoever's fucking making those decisions, wowee. Mm. Um, and it, yeah, but like I say, it, it's talking about some like serious stuff. And I mean, there's this one song, it, it, it strikes up a friendship with this girl who has a song about how like she is popular and whatnot, but that doesn't mean that she doesn't like have issues herself and that that's really that's good you know um it's like everything around the character of evan hansen and the performance of evan hansen is fine but evan hansen himself is it's just it's toxic and he is the anchor of the film and it just it yeah i mean it's a bad film but to be fair 
I can't imagine the Broadway production being that great either. And it, it, it's crazy. It, it's crazy that... And to be honest, it feels like it was successful because five years ago, like there were just a lot of buzzwords and people were like, yes, we should care about that. And now you look at it, it's like, well, yes, we should care about that, but also, fuck me, what? Um, Like, with how it's portrayed. Awful film. Awful, awful film. Um, And made more so for the fact that people are trying. Like, I mean, yeah, Julianne Moore and Amy Adams are in this, for fuck's sake. Like, what the... What the fuck... What the fuck? Dear Evan Hansen. Awful Three out of five. Just, <laughs> like, an awful, awful film. Awful film. It did, but in yet, didn't make me as angry as a certain other film we'll talk about next week. So, there's that. So, let's talk about a certain tragedy. It is the tragedy of Macbeth. Oh yes, we're not done yet, folks. Directed by Joel Cohen and starring Denzel Washington, Francis McDormand, Bertie Carvalho, Alex Hassel and Corey Hawkins. So, uh, it's Macbeth. Um, oh, okay. Uh, well, I've got a description here. A Scottish lord, played by Denzel Washington, becomes convinced by a trio of witches that he will become the next king of Scotland. His ambitious wife will do anything to support him in his plans of seizing power. So, Mark. Hello. <laughs> um, in the entertained to appreciated kind of balance, uh, like appreciating what it was doing balance, where were you there? I feel like this is maybe a film where you could admire it rather than like it, but I'm kind of intrigued to see where you're at. Ooh, good question. Um, it's the thing is, I I am actually quite familiar with Macbeth. You wrote it after all. Uh, after yeah, I did write it. I ghost wrote. It. You William Shakespeare? No, I'm the guy who William Shakespeare kept on stealing stuff off by getting me drunk. Wow, what a Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so I, I, I'm quite familiar with it because I've, I've been in it a couple of times and um, studied it. And I've and I, I've studied it because of that, and I studied it. I did it at GC, and I did it at A level, and I've been in it twice. Um, so I, I, what did you play? I was in it once uh, where I played um, Banquo, and I was in it once where we played several different roles and kept swapping roles mm-hmm. within it. So um, at one point I was. Macbeth got one of the big fucking long fucking monologues for Macbeth which is great you have to remember a lot of shit and then at another point I was um, different people around it and then we had different people with Macbeth and it kind of flowed around so you kept changing roles yeah so you took something that's super confusing and then just made it more confusing yeah amazing yeah Good it's concept. what you get when you get um, like, like just directors who think that they have a great vision mm-hmm. um so yeah, so I, I, I was quite familiar with it. So it was nice the fact that it was um, that they very much did stick to the fact that it's you know the original uh, text. But then you are going starting to get a little bit 
bored of only understanding every eighth word. Um, so, but it does it it does look very very nice. It's a very well put together movie. I enjoy the fact that the movie. Uh, scenes flow from, from one into another um, to make it feel like a like a play. It's set out in, with minimalistic lighting and set again to make it feel more theatrical. The fact that the first cut from what I remember is when the first act finishes. Mm. And so that is, it was quite nice having all of those bits. So was I entertained I was never bored, but it was more because of the the visual spectacle that it was. Um, and I have, I think it's, I think it's a very good adaptation. However, I do, I, I don't get why. Why it's a good adaptation? No, I get why it's a good adaptation because because all the people around it are all talented. Why do it? But why do it? Yeah, okay. Sorry, it, it, I was it, joking it, there. But it, yeah, it, yeah. It, 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 it's, it's my point it, that I don't quite understand because. What's, what's your preference with Shakespeare adaptations? Do you prefer them to adapt the text but keep the story the same, like something like, say, for instance, Ten Things I Hate About You, Clueless? Or yeah. Do you prefer them to keep the text the same? And modernise the You're uh, setting me up something I said like, earlier, aren't you? No, no, no. no I'm, I'm, I'm just interested. Like ro- like Romeo and Juliet. Or do you prefer them to keep it traditional like they have with this? Um, I prefer to see someone do something a little bit more with it. So more like your clueless 10 things I hate about you. I once saw a production of Macbeth that, that was done as if it was in um, feudal Japan and they were all samurais. And that was really fucking good. But was the text the same? The text was similar, but was also slightly altered to make it more palatable for people now. So like Romeo and Juliet? Yes. Um, I think there's an element of, um, of of a little bit of... I, I don't understand what... what there's, there's nothing... It's just a version of Macbeth, mm. which is fine, but it's still just a version of Macbeth. It's not doing an awful. It's not doing anything. Mm. It's not breaking new ground with it. It's, mm. it's just a version of Macbeth by very, very talented people. But a little bit, I think you're faking a little bit of grandeur with it, because you're already going to get the idea of grandeur. Like, for instance. Um, Denzel Washington's getting some talk for best actor in this. Mm. Well, he's 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 Denzel Washington, so he's very good. But it, does he do anything that groundbreaking? Yeah, there's nothing groundbreaking words? of it. Mm. It, 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 it's, it. It's people are impressed when people do Shakespeare in the original text, mm. but it's still remembering lines and delivering lines. So there's a little bit, it's very, very good, and it's very much well done, well done, well done. But 
It's nothing fucking new. It's, it's fucking Macbeth. It's existed for for hundreds of years. It, it's very nice. It's very well done. It's a four out of five movie. But I just can't see why. Which I, I, I appreciate is, is a bonkers stance to take. I'm fine with that. But I just, I just don't get it. You appreciate the execution, but you can't understand why it was done. I, I, it, it's very nice to look at. Hmm. It's very well directed. It's very well everything. I think the but sections it, with the witches are But it just nice. seems a little bit... It seems a little bit of a group of very talented people kind of showing off that Amazon, that's right, that Apple have paid fucking probably an awful lot of money for for a lot of people to show off. So I'm just, I'm just looking it up here. Um, okay, that's interesting. So it was announced in March 2019 that he was going to do this, that Joel Cohen was going to do this. And I was kind of thinking, like, is this just something that they did in lockdown because they were like, fuck it, we're available, and that sounds like an interesting experiment, but obviously not. Oh, no, um, it, 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 there's been chat about this for years. Yeah, yeah, and no, I just... I, at times a flat circle, dude, so... Um, but, Bex, do you think Denzel... Like just feeding off of Mark's opinion there, do you think Denzel did enough here to kind of differentiate? You know, this is why we're doing Macbeth. It's really difficult for me this one because I have no familiarity with Macbeth. Come from a very different academic background than Mark does. It's very much more science than theatre. Yeah, I mean, in, in, well, in your school, you're all just throwing shit at each other, weren't you, Bex? So, <laughs> but I mean, I, we studied *Midsummer Night's Dream*, and that's about the extent of my Shakespeare knowledge. I've never seen an adaptation of *Macbeth*, and I just about know that Lady Macbeth's supposed to be one of those juicy parts for ladies in theatre, and that that's about as far as my knowledge extends. Um, so I think he's very good in it and I think his um, his delivery of the very dense text makes it more understandable than it maybe could have been if it was done very dryly I think he um, the acting the facial acting and the mannerisms around the way that he's delivering the text makes it more kind of understandable I guess than it, than it could have been um, although I did have to keep saying to Mark, right, so just just so that I've got this straight, is this where we're at right now? Yes. Okay, that's fine. Um, because it is, it, it's not hugely accessible. And I think if you're not familiar with the play and you've not studied it, it's not necessarily going to be... I think you mentioned on Twitter something about, like, if, if, you, if you're new to Macbeth, this is maybe not the adaptation to watch. Yep. And I think perhaps that's correct in the fact that it's it's difficult to understand the kind of um, the dialogue at points but also it does kind of humanise it 
in a way. I think I think I think Denzel's very good in it, um, and I think it makes it easier to understand from his point of view because of his delivery. Yeah, I, I, I really. The thing is, I really like Denzel in this. I thought that he actually papered over. I mean, so I, I, I will say, I mean, I'm not. I, I know Macbeth, but I'm not super, super familiar with it. And it felt like an ever so slightly abridged version of it, where things just seem to kind of escalate quite quickly. Mm. Um, but I thought that Denzel did a great transition there. I'll, and I, I, I think it's maybe highlighted by the fact that Francis McDormand, I thought, just was okay. She's ambitious. Now she's mad. Now she's dead. <laughs> but and it didn't like I don't know. It just it felt very. Okay, she's this, then this, then this, and it didn't flow. Denzel, even in like the scenes that he's in, you see that ideology changing. Like the I see a dagger before me scene. Fucking ruled, I thought. Um and the the way the imagery, the way that is played on screen along with Denzel's performance was fantastic. Um, but it does I don't know it does just seem to jump about a bit and it's like if you know the play then I, and know the play well then that's absolutely fine but otherwise it's like the the dude who comes in and fights Macbeth towards the end and gets killed by Macbeth who the fuck's he? He's in that one. He's in the one scene um, uh, 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 beforehand where he's with Corey Hawkins, and then um, uh, fucking the turncoat guy comes along and is having a chat with them. But like, why is he now suddenly all like, "I'm going to kill Macbeth"? You know, it, it, it doesn't. That stuff didn't flow for me that well. But like I said, Denzel, I thought he was great. Catherine Hunter as the three witches is doing some fucking next level shit, especially like in her opening scene. She was fucking fantastic. I, I thought think she was brilliant. Yeah, the opening bit which is all three of them, and then they expand out into the pond and then into like reality is is great. That's yeah, great. That's it, 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 it's unfortunate that possibly the most interesting shot in the entire movie is 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 that shot. What the three in the pond? Yeah, and then and the that's one got above. me saying yeah, that, 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 that there's no other interesting shots because there are some really, really, it's a really nice looking movie. But that's a really that's a freaking really good shot of mm. her, and then they got the reflection, and then they appear. Is really fucking good. Yeah, and it, it, it. I mean, I don't know. Just the. A lot of people have been talking about like the work of Fritz Lang and the kind of like German impressionist kind of stuff, and it just, it, it just felt to me like okay, Joel Cohen is he's obviously got a vision here, and that's interesting. But I think it's fair to say that it does feel more like an artistic exercise than it actually does a film to be enjoyed by an audience. Mm. Um, but I did enjoy it. But could you, Apple TV having this is fucking fascinating to me 
it's like who again in this world of content it's like Apple Apple TV are just like right what have we got for Friday the 14th of January uh, nothing at the moment what have you got down the sofa there um, black and white 4 free adaptation of Macbeth starring Denzel Denzel Washington but yeah okay is, put that on yeah, but the thing is the 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 theatre crowd and the um, the the, 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 the the fucking mid 50s to late 70s probably all vegan now A24 <laughs> upper class crowd yeah. will lap this fucking shit up mm. well yeah yeah no they will but Captain is the new episode of Ted Lasso on opens up their Apple TV and it's just like the tragedy oh, of Macbeth Apple, like it just I love that they're promoting it yeah, but... Apple TV is bonkers in it, in the way that it gets content it really fucking is absolutely bonkers yeah that but I mean I, 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 I do I like that they are just kind of like look we're going to have one big thing a week like Netflix is like we're going to have 12 big things a week and we're going to rely on the algorithm to predict which one you'll be interested in. And Amazon Apple TV. is like, we're going to have 28 big things a week, but you must find them. Yeah, we're not going to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> We've I mean, made another Amazon... Bond movie and put it on here. We can't find it. You must know about it in advance and find it using a unique set of fucking skills. Yeah, you, you, you must solve these riddles free. <laughs> yeah. that, you know, that that's, that's Amazon Prime. Apple TV is just like, look, we've got a nice quality bit of content for you <laughs> but it just makes me laugh thinking that like like your average i mean your average person i'm not denigrating them because it's like a fucking i'd probably find it a tough watch if i didn't know what the fuck it was but you're opening up your apple tv and it's like right what are they recommending this week the the tragedy of Macbeth, where even the poster is hard to kind of understand what it is um it it, it that's I don't know, but I, I I like it. I do think it's funny, but I like it. And the thing is, I like this film, mm, you know. It. But it, yeah, it just. I kind of get what Mark's saying though, because for all the points that I do like about it, it is a bit like, but it's Macbeth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is this doing anything particularly unique with Macbeth? Yeah, it, no. it, it, it just it is that. It is. It's beautifully shot. It, it is beautifully shot, and it is what is it? But it it there is also taking you back to the point of oh we're gonna do it with all the we're gonna we're gonna keep all the original text we're we'll do it minimal all this it's like all right so literally like it's been done for four hundred years mm. that is what you're gonna do. But isn't the whole thing with with Shakespeare that it can be interpreted in different ways? I don't, I don't know. There's, there's a lot of we'll try to help. There's a lot out. of. I'm going to go back to an old school podcasting phrase. Okay. There's an epic amount. Again, I liked the movie. There's an epic amount of bumwiffery about this movie. Bumwiffery. Yeah. Okay. There really is, and it's a good movie. But I can imagine Joel, Joel sitting there and going to Ethan and going. I've got our next movie. I've got our next movie. And I'm going, all right, cool. Yeah, fire it at me, fire it at me. We're going to do Macbeth. Yeah, now I'm all right. <laughs> so he's like, no, we're going to do Macbeth. All right. 
so like are we gonna do like as Clooney's gonna play like Lady Macbeth and Franny McDee's gonna play Macbeth and we're gonna have like it's gonna be fucking zany no 4-3 black and white straight up Macbeth Macbeth just fucking Macbeth Ralph Innocent's in it and Ethan Cohen going yeah I'm alright just alright just sits one out Joe grudgingly admitted at one point that Frances McDormand could still turn it on when she wanted to and then it went all a bit fucking wrong at the end I, I think she's good in it but it's just she doesn't do out with it. No, no, that's it. no. <laughs> she doesn't do out with it. And for Frances McDormand to play Lady Macbeth and not do anything with it feels weird. <laughs> it, yeah, she's odd. She's just odd in this. Like she doesn't fucking do anything. She has that. It's supposed to be a really strong role, isn't it? Like, and she's just. Oh, actually, I've decided I'm not going to kill him. No, you fucking are going to kill him. All right. That's that's the strongest bit. Yeah. I had to interpret it for myself as we were going through, didn't I? So, Mark, are we basically at a point where he's like these like crazy ladies have told him that he's going to be like this thing, a thane, whatever the fuck that is. Oh lord, bitch. Then he's going to be a king, and then he's like. Oh, I actually don't want to wait to be king. So he's gonna king. He was gonna. He wrote to his like missus about it, and she's like, "Oh, let's just kill the king." And he's like, "All right then." But then he's had a bit of like regrets about it, and then she's like, "No, you're gonna fucking kill the thing, the king." Yeah, All right then. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I had to kind of interpret it for yeah, myself as we were going through. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. I, I I feel like I'm definitely not shit with it. I'm definitely it's, not shit. It's it's it, 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 it's really good. But it's Macbeth. Yeah, but it's yeah. Macbeth. <laughs> Can you fuck up Macbeth? Oh, I don't want to find out now. Probably. There's probably a really bad adaptation out there, isn't there? This is the Polanski version. <laughs> with, with, with Mel Gibson. Oh, God. Polanski and Mel Gibson. <laughs> yeah. Great combo. But they were right a fucking night out. <laughs> I mean, they probably are for each other. They're having a good time to themselves. Let's not go there. <laughs> This podcast's been weird enough. Everyone around them's like, these guys are fucking cunts. <laughs> What's the poll? Uh, definitely shit 60%, shit 20%, and Geostorm 20%. <laughs> Geostorm, wow. <laughs> fucking love it. Someone's put Geostorm for that. I really enjoy that. Um, we do have questions. Um. So we have Rick Kidd. We've got two from Rick Kidd. We announced that Michael Mann is releasing a novel, which is a prequel and sequel to Heat. Do you want a film version, or is it a case of no, leave it alone in case you tarnish the original? Uh, yeah, one hundred percent, no, leave it alone. Yeah, I agree on that. Yeah, we don't, we don't need that. I'm looking forward to that book, but no. Yeah, I'm looking forward to reading the book, but I can read the book as separate to the movies. Are we allowed to reevaluate if the book's really good though? Like, it's I, Michael, I, I, if it's Michael Mann that's doing it and he wrote Heat, is it? I'm worried if it's yeah, well, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. All right, fair enough. Yeah, <laughs> I'm worried about Pacino playing that character again. I'm worried about Pacino in general. I just don't think he's as good anymore. 
I think that maybe the, yeah, there's a possibility he's not. Mm. We do have we do have a historical question that uh, Rick asked us last week, but obviously we didn't record last week. Question for the next show: Who are your best slash most memorable villainous royals or national leaders in films? Rupert Friend in the Death of Stalin. Um, anyone who played Hitler in anything. Including Taika Waititi? Sure. <laughs> yeah, Rupert Friend in Death of Stalin because his, his his performance in that is some of the funniest shit I've seen. And a movie that I like, didn't love, a performance of him that I thought was just absolutely brilliant. Yeah, I'd agree with you on that one. I'm trying to think of any other like particularly memorable ones. King Ralph. <laughs> no, it's really that I like like bone chilling. Like fuck. What a prick. Yeah. I was trying to think of this. All I got was Joaquin Phoenix and Gladiator. Too handsome to be truly bone chilling, though. In that, it's like his his um, what's it? Gary Oldman as serious black role, isn't it? It's the one where he's like, fuck, objectively hot in real life, not so much. Fair enough. Didn't realise that was a thing. <laughs> and like, what's his name? Aragorn. Yeah, I, I think I think Viggo um, Mortensen was handsome a lot before that. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was it. That was it for questions this week. Ah, oh, okay. Nice. Very good. Um, okay, so coming up on next week's show, uh, it's our best of 2021 show, I think. Yeah, we got a lot of shit to cram in before then. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. Um, Nightmare Alley. Up, didn't it? <laughs> it yep. did. Nightmare Alley is also out. Yep. As is Belfast. As is oh fucking hell shit. Next week, okay. So next week, very very focused as much as we can is Nightmare Alley Belfast review of the year. Nothing else, unless there's anything huge like news or trailer wise. Um, All right. We'll, we'll hope that Belfast and Nightmare Alley reviews might be able to happen during the end of year review show. Yeah, I mean, we'll yeah, we'll give it a go. We'll give it a go. I'm almost tempted to say if they don't, then we just push the reviews of those to the week after. But we'll see how it goes. Yeah. All right. So review of the year coming next week. We'll also have the next Michael Mann show next week. Patreon.com forward slash Film Bastards. We are a Pod Syndicate podcast. Chin Shrek of a Sponsor, Entertainment Landfill, Iron Sequel, His Film, Her Movie. Um, uh, fucking the Rewatch Project. Remembered. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Pod Syn- we are podsyndicate.com. And that is going to do it for me. I think Kiki is squeaking a toy. <laughs> yes, she is. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, so, thank you very much, Becky. Thank you very much, Ian. Thank you very much, Mark. Thank you very much, Ian. And as always, Jason Reitman can suck my fucking dick. And he can lick my balls. Sweet. This podcast is part of the Pod Syndicate family. 
For more criminally compelling shows, articles and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com.